So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This is Matthew Bidi alongside my critique about in crime, Carl Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And of course, Tracy Hutchins. Hi, guys. And this is another episode of BBB Radio. And today is, you know, just just um, quite a number of stuff to talk about, man. Um, yeah. There's animated films. There's a documentary, if you want to call it that. There's a horror or thriller, if you want to call it that. Um, and there's even, you know, just um, a, a superhero show as well, too, right? Because, you know, we love those superhero shows, right? So, yeah, today we'll be talking about season one of um, Marvel Studios, Miss Marvel. Sure. We'll finally talk about the Bob's Burgers movie, because, yes, that, that finally came out um, digitally. Right. Uh, Ricardo, you talk about Netflix's The CB. So I've been hearing, I've been hearing sure. some buzz about that show, but I want to I wanna hear from you uh, what we talked about it, right? Right. Uh, there's also Green Lantern, Beware My Power, yeah. um, the Black Phone, which you know also came out digitally, and Dave Chappelle, What's in a Name? Right. All right. So let's kick things off with uh, Dave Chappelle, What's in a Name? Right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, also, we had to mention just uh, speaking of comedians and stand-up comedians, uh, the passing of Jack Knight. Um, the only reason I know about this dude is he did a kind of sitcom thing with Freddie Gibbs. And yeah, he's so young. Oh, he's like which I was meaning to watch. Yeah. yeah, he was like, he's so young, he's like 28. I'm not sure how he died. Uh, I think they probably announced it by now, but I, I, I really don't know. Um, I didn't even know that this was coming out until literally the day that it came out, right? So, you know, I was I was curious. I mean, I am a huge fan of Dave Chappelle. Um, you know, ever since Chappelle's show, you know what I mean? And, you know, before that with his appearances in movies like, you know, Undercover Brother and, you right. know, Half-Baked and stuff like that, right? Um, and yes, I, I know that he is, uh, uh, you know, one of, well, uh, arguably one of the most controversial comedians living or dead, right? Let, let, we could just see that right off the bat, right? But, you know, there's still something about him that I, like, I, I just always gravitate to. I think it's something about his voice. I think it's something about how insightful he is, uh, where, you know, it's not just, he's not just, you know, throwing jokes and jabs and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it, it, there's always some sort of um, something real, something you know, um, insightful, you know what I mean? That's just something that you could just kind of learn from basically, right? And you know, he's he's always going to hit you with a point, right? I just always love how he kind of ends his his um, performances with, you know, just like a great punch. Like there's something to take home, you know what I mean? So there's always something you can kind of learn, right? So you can kind of just kick back, relax, and, you know, laugh along with him. But at the same time, you know, he just, he just giving you nuggets of, of information and, you know, just stuff that he just learned through life and experiences and all that kind of stuff, right? So it is now here, right? Um, pretty much the, the premise is, you know, um, this is literally right follow, um, following right after the release of the closer, uh, the closer, right? Which right. Uh, Ricardo and I reviewed. Um, you know, yes, it is. It is probably one one of, if, if not the most controversial um, specials he's ever done. You know, what I mean, he he got a lot of flack, especially. Uh, well, you know, my main criticism is saying to with you, the amount of time, amount amount of minutes, basically. He spent just talking about the trans community and all oh, trans people don't understand his jokes and why the trans people getting mad and blah 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 blah. And he just spends a lot of time on that. And it's almost yeah. to the point that he kind of forgets about what it is, like what he's really trying to say. And it's almost like he's just yeah. hammering the same point over and over and over, right? Uh what yeah. what surprised me about this, Ricardo, is um how you ended up putting this as one of the worst things you saw. In yeah, it was yeah. And, and I gave and I, I I think I give a simple reason for it like he the, the problem with, the problem with it was a he didn't tell that many jokes i don't think it was that fun um he told one okay joke and that was about it and it was well it was a pretty offensive joke but I, I, at least he told the joke you know and i, I thought it was a, a decent enough joke for what it is 
And then the, the simple problem is that he just keep, you know, going on this. I was so saying that. I don't think you're saying anything interesting or insightful. I don't know what you're trying to say, to be honest. Um, with this, he tries to clear himself up. But yeah, we will talk about it. Yeah, we will. So in a nutshell, what happens is that, um, well, Duke Ellington School of the Arts, right? So this was yeah. a former al- alma mater of his, right? Uh they, they 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 were you know they they wanted to pretty much um change the name of this um theater that they renovated into the Dave Chappelle Theater. But yeah. because of the controversy of the closer, they were just like, Well, I I, I guess the board or the staff not the staff, I guess the board of the no, school it, itself. Well it was, it was like well it really the students actually. I don't think it was ever really up for a thing. For one understand it was really the okay, students okay. That, uh, had a big, you know, that was where the blowback came in. Oh, okay, okay, and uh, and in this so, special, yeah. he did actually bring it up too, right? Uh, so yeah, you know, he 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 gave this um acceptance speech basically, and um, you know, it's 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 just basically him just talking about his experiences there, how he got there in the first place, um, and that that just all goes to the beginning of how he got into comedy in the first place, um, you know, the teachers that he met at that school itself, and how they inspired him to pursue, you know, um, stand up comedy, not just as a as a you know, well, I should say as a career basically. Um, how he just kind of built himself up from the well from the ground up basically, and you know of course if you if you're kind of familiar with his uh, recent bits, you know he talks about the Chappelle show and you know just how you know Comedy Central and you know the whole money on the table stuff, right? If if you if you go on YouTube right now, you see like little excerpts where he talks about yeah, it had all this money on the table and I walked away from it, right? And that's right. where it leads you know the whole stuff of him going to Africa and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, what he talks about also too is that um, how he was able to pick himself back up. Uh, more or less reclaim his love for for stand-up comedy and just you know continue to to build his brand or I should say restart his brand basically right? right and that's what led to of course his appearance on Saturday Night Live back in 2016 uh, this is right around the time when Trump was about to be elected you know to be POTUS um, and then of course you know the Netflix deal that he he signed on and you know just the specials that that came out of it right, right. and it pretty much ends around the the, the point of you know the closer right and then, you know, he just kind of mentions about, you know, how he feels about it, right? But, you know, he, he also mentions in near the end, you know, how pretty much um, sad he was, right? Where students of, you know, Duke Ellerton were kind of just like pissed at him for, for all the negative stuff that he was seeing. Or I should say stuff that he was seeing in general about, the, you know, the right. trans community, right? Right. And he kind of defends himself in that point as well, too. But, you know, he makes up he makes a point, right? And this is what I want to address um, right after we hear your thoughts on this special here, right? right. Um, about art, about the power of art and, you know, just the, the just how, how, how valuable, well, yeah, just how valuable, you know, both, you know, in, um, intellectually and commercially art can be, right? So, you know, it's the idea that, yes, I said this thing. And, you know, it's even to the point that he said, you know, he said that, you know, he thinks that, he, yeah, in his opinion, he closes the masterpiece. Right. Uh, you know, that's your opinion. Fine, whatever. You know, you're the, you the artist or whatever, right? right? But, you know, it's just really the whole idea of, okay, this is art and you should kind of treat it as is. But at the same time, you know, people are offended by this. So, you know, that that's that's the, that's the issue really wanna, I want to address here. But, um. Yeah, Ricardo, your your honest opinion on this on this special here. Yeah, this was I mean it was all right. I didn't he didn't really say anything interesting or, or insightful per se. I mean the art stuff is stuff that I already agree with or I thought that was all right, I suppose. Um the thing is, you know, going in the follow-up from the closer for me, um, I do I do still somewhat sympathize with the, the position. And I and I think I've had some time and, and other people have had some time to clarify 
what he's trying to kind of say, even though I, don't, I still don't think he, he put in that message out particularly well, where it, there is a, for lack of a better term, um, uh, how, to, how to describe it, but it, 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 elite capture, if you know what that means, right? And it's this idea of people using, um, you know, victimhood or using uh, aesthetics or using um, identity politics to just shut down, shut down somebody and, and take... We, we, uh, you look, we've seen this, right? You know, you see people have no problem engaging that kind of, for lack of a better term, council culture, right? I mean, you see what went on with Lizzo the other day, right? Which was like really unfair and ridiculous, right? I know, he, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, to be fair, I don't think he's anywhere in that same framework as, as Lizzo. Like, I think Lizzo is as a genuinely sympathetic, um, is, was a, in a genuinely sympathetic position. He, on the other hand, just come across as just generally insensitive, in my opinion. He's still dead naming people. He's still like, doing bullshit like that now. Um, but I still thought this was okay for what it was trying to do and what he was trying to say as it is. Uh, the stories, and again, he's a good storyteller. Like, he, he, keep, he keeps the attention for the entire time. What he's trying to say and do is history, you know, the stuff about Chappelle's show. Uh, most of that you, you learn, right? Like, I, I remember there was a point in time where, you know, the whole Dave Chappelle sighting thing was like, you know, it's like fucking Bigfoot. No? Um, you know, the, and you, you, you used to catch some of those. It was kind of like, you'll see that on Dig or Reddit or something like that. Dave Chappelle in this small nightclub in in New York or Dave Chappelle in some restaurant in, in Pittsburgh. And yeah, it was him. And he just did a set in really random places. And it was funny shit. Like it was really good stuff, um, good material. Um, but with this, as, as I say, it's a little self-aggrandizing, I think. Um, you know, he makes a lot of, he makes a lot of claims about himself, which some some of it I agree. Like, you talk about how he, another person will never replicate what he replicates. I, I agree with that. Like, you know, the, his, the timing, the, the point in time he exists, what he say and do, I agree with that. As for the close being a masterpiece, I know about Abra, to be honest, right? Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, I, I, I still, you know, think his stuff in, in the mid-2000s, in 2004, was still, like, to me, his apex material. His stuff, his Agreed. latest stuff in, in Netflix is okay. Again, other than the trans stuff, we really need to still clean up and sort out. He's still trying to tell trans jokes, but it's still the same shitty jokes that you'll read on 4chan somewhere, and that is my problem. The material itself is just really weak. Like, he, he's still trying to tell jokes, you know, but they, they're, not, they're not insightful or interested. They're not even that clever as material. That is a simple fact. Like, regardless, you can tell trans jokes, I have no problem with that, you know. You know, I, I, I could be offended for, for that for other reasons, but you still have to tell a joke. Well, at least tell an interesting joke. You have to do something new. You can't, you can't rip off something that you read on fucking Reddit 10 years ago. I mean, come on. It's still, it's still the same bullshit. And that's why I kind of pull him up on, to be, to be fair. Yeah, well, again, I forget a couple other points that was not worth saying. There is one thing he said at the end, which is very funny, because, again, this is part of the whole elite capture aspect of this that I, I do think is potentially very insidious, where he makes a mention of, he calls it, he calls it the Jared Carmichael um, thing. Oh, theater, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That is very funny because, again, Jared mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Carmichael is in a kind of weird space, a very precarious position himself, right? He's a person long before long before all of this was played out and long when I first discovered Jared Carmichael, this was like 2011 or something like um, he he was kind of the new Dave Chappelle for many people. He was like a, a millennial Dave Chappelle effect. And, and then especially him, him coming out as gay recently. Although that was an interesting news because I thought he came out as bi before. So like, all right, well, you come out as okay, gay. That, okay. that early change. Yeah. I thought he came out as bi years ago. So they try to make that out as some kind of big deal in the special. And I was like, all right, um, that's where this was not new, particularly new information. But apparently it is. Anyway, uh, I could see a bunch of like the, the usual wrong forces 
again, the people who are supposed to be on my side, but they, they're kind of insidious in their own way, kind of propping him up to replace Chappelle. Like, you could see that, right? And he kind of kind of feed down that joke too, right? In a sense. Um, that, that, so that was kind of clever and, and to be somewhat observant. Because it's like, it's, it, it's not shot at Carmichael per se, but at the same time, it's, you can see who he's talking about. Um, that's my last point on Chappelle himself. Like, look, Chappelle is a person because he, he couches material in, 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 in comedy. He always had a kind of, kind of conspiracy territorial kind of attitude towards the world, right? Like a lot of his bits are effectively conspiracy theory bits. You know, it's it's NOI and Louis Farrakhan talking points, I, I would argue, right? And, you know, I, I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a um, coincidence that, you know, him being a black Muslim, you know, him having those, those worldviews. It's not, this is not against Islam or anything like that. But look, talking points with you. Let me admit that. And you always have those, those talking points. It's just because it is culture and comedy, you didn't give it no route. And you have to, uh, can, if, you're, if you're willing to accept that, then you realize or totally understand where Chappelle kind of coming from, or at least how he just think. And for better or for worse, yeah, it, it, it potentially very insidious. He, he does play on a lot of tropes. That was always a concern for me. But that is what it was now, as it is. Um, so that is how I feel about that. All right. Well, my 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 thoughts on this are as follows, right? Um, I it it is what it is, right? It's it's not really special. Um, it's it's inspirational in spots though, and and this is one thing I I have to, you know, I, I have to appreciate and you know commend Chappelle for, right? Because again, you know, he's talking to you know this um these these students, this audience of students, basically, um, you know, he's just bringing up you know old lecturers, some who actually are alive, some who passed away and whatnot, and you could you could kind of hear the support, you could kind of hear that like, he just kind of getting the crowd interested and all that kind of stuff, right? And you could tell that yeah, you know, I mean, he just has. I don't know, just 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 so much that he 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 took away from from that um, from that school. You know what I mean? So it's not like he he left with regrets. You know, he he came back and just like wow. You know what I mean? All these memories and just how they made me. You know, all these experiences and made me who I am today. Right? Which which I appreciate. Right? Um, I I, I kind of saw the whole with him. You know, him connecting it all the stuff to you know the response to the closer I, I did see that coming but i felt it it kind of strayed away from the message itself right um right. but that's kind of hard to see because you know he's talking about well you know it's art and you know all these these kids who you know they're freshmen and they're all like you know mad at me for what i said about trans people all that kind of stuff right, right but right. they never talked about artistic integrity and freedom and all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, my, was, my thing is like all right like like okay how, how, I, how, I right, agree. Wait, with, wait, I agree with what you're trying to say huh. there, you know. But you see, it is ring hollow because you're not saying anything interesting when it comes to the trans community. You're not saying anything right, interesting. Right. That's my main problem. You're not bringing an argument. Yeah. I still, I still don't know what he's exactly trying to say when he's going against trans people. Like you have a, a cup again. It's typical like conservative talking points. He's just rattling off. Now that's how it's coming across to me. Again, some of it I agree with. I do, I do agree that they could. I'm not speaking to the trans community. I'm just some fucking guy on the internet. You don't have to listen to me. But I do think they don't really put their message out particularly well either because it is still very counterintuitive and unclear. I understand that. He is trying to tap into that. But the problem is that they're just coming across like asshole bullying and it's a dumb talking point. You're not seeing anything. Mm. Right? That's my, that my problem. Again, look, I, you know, time to time to cancel Ricardo Medina, you know, 10,000 times again, right? I don't bring, I'm not <laughs> no big super trans ally or anything like that. But, to me, it have like a straightforward way to understand this, and you know, even close to that, right? Mm -hmm. I, I still, I'm the kind of guy that still, still find some rape jokes funny, for example, right? Cancel Ricardo Medina, right? I, I know no big, big progressive person, but bro, you had to bring something to the discussion, and he not even, to me, he not even close to doing that. To be fair, 
I still don't know what the hell he's trying to say about trans people in particular. Like, I don't know what he's right. trying to say, to be, to be honest, right? Look, it's fine, you know, if, if, he, if, if, if somebody could tell me what the argument he's trying to make exactly, that is not basically a, a rattling off our conservative talking point. I, I've yet to hear it because all of it is like, yeah, well, let's have a, a reasonable and straightforward response to that. Some of it isn't great, but you know, you can, you know, it have a straightforward, like, you're not bringing anything to the discussion. That's my big problem now, as it is. So, yeah, that's right, my last, right, last right. kind of take on that. Um, something else um, I was going to say about my mind slip. I forget what I was saying. Right. Um, to, well, okay. So, so for me personally, it's it's kind of hard for me to articulate, right? You know, the whole idea of art and should, should I respect what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing because it's art, it's from an artist, right? I think the best way to describe it, like, like you know, uh, um, I'll, I'll just use this example, right? Uh, you know, over the, the decades, you know, it have filmmakers who just really challenge viewers, right? They always try to find some kind of way. I'm not going to call names, you know, mean to push the envelope, you know, mean to kind of get you to feel that kind of way, right? But they kind of do it literally by offending you, right? Right. But at the same time, you know, you could you could be offended the first time and kind of come out of it like, no, I don't want to see this or experience this ever again. But, you know, you may go back to it another time and be like, okay, you, you, you're trying to say something with this. Right. And as you finally understand what it is you're tra- uh, the person's trying to say, it's like, oh, okay, now I see. So basically using this, you know, this you, you call it art now, you know what I mean? Basically right. because of what it's able to do. But because the closer where, where it just kind of felt like a hissy fit, like it's just like, exactly. oh, trans people don't like what I'm saying. And it's just the same notes being hit over and over and over exactly. again. You're not really making a, a real point. But, but it's the- hard for me now to come and say, Okay, so all right, so you're really trying to say something bigger, like you're trying to say something, you know, something no, no, that we okay. never really picked up yeah, on about the, the community. Yeah, yeah, again, oh, again. so now I should treat that as odd because yeah. you're saying something I didn't pick up on. Yeah, no, it just yeah, felt yeah, like yes. I see fit. So I do am I now supposed to look at you, you know, a comedian who's been in the game for decades now and say, all right, he's an artist, he made this, so I must at least appreciate the fact that it's odd, because that's what he was saying. That's the thing that he said pissed him right. off, um, offended him. It's just that all these kids were talking bad about all the things he said, but they never brought up anything about art, uh, artistic expression. Right. No, you know, listen, yeah. again, all of that sounds fine on paper. That's perfectly fine. We agree with that on paper. The problem is that, A, we've been hearing this nonsense for the past five-something years, especially during the Trump something about free speech and free speech this and free speech that. And it's like, yeah, great, but you're not really saying anything. And the reason why we're not listening to you is because you already had a chance to make this argument. And this is like the very much more conservative voices. Like, let us be clear. There are a lot of weird assholes who jump in on Chappelle's side and they would they would totally disagree with him on race, for example. Because, you know, none of them was there when he, when he had something to say about George Floyd, right? Let us be clear about that. But, right. again, mm-hmm. the, the, my attitude is that he, he with this particular issue, because he's not bringing anything, as, as you said, he's not bringing anything to the table, like, concept-wise. So for him to fall back on this art talk, it's like, yeah, we're fine, but, like, where's your point, though? Like, you had to make a point, and he still hasn't made, in my opinion, somebody could correct me, I still haven't heard a point. Like, at least a point that's, that is not some bullshit that we hear 10 goddamn years ago on Reddit, right? That's all I see, right? He's not bringing anything truly insightful to this particular discourse. I think he has brought stuff very insightful when it comes to race, He's brought stuff very insightful when it comes to other aspects of gender, but not this. This one, he just not, it is not there. I've not seen it. I haven't heard anything that's particularly interesting. That's not some dumb joke or, wow, what if LeBron James play in the WNBA? Like, okay, motherfucker, we know. Like, that's not, that, that's not central to the discussion. That, right. That's not interesting. 
the none of that none of that is interesting and that's my my whole thing with this again it's it's a, it's a good it's a lot of good stories like you talk about old teachers and and you know his mm-hmm. with the audition the audition story was nice um yeah, i don't know I, I, i'm not gonna really rate this because again it's not a show it was just a speech yeah like, it's, it's a special it's, it's, it's a it. speech so it's like, just a speech. like, like what, what are we gonna give it like what a four or five for a speech and then like, well the, the the big decision which i i it is a decision i kind of kind of respect which is yeah just give up your name it's not a big important thing and just drop it like don't make a big deal out of it and though if you don't want your name associated with this thing in this way good that, that to me is like some good skin in the game you don't want to take the glory for something like this especially when people are going to be like bringing you up for it and again there's a lot of performative outrage on the on the other end about this like you talk about this white woman who she can't stand if his name signed to something like yeah that kind of person is obnoxious like let us be clear about that he is right about that as i say it have people who trying to be holier than thou when it comes to this quote-unquote cancel culture stuff like it have a lot of people like that who even if they apologize they won't accept it they'll still send shitty messages and they, they'll they'll use it as an excuse to try to turn back on you again again i don't think this is the exact same situation but it is an example of a situation lizzo right what's going on with lizzo all right there's my last point i wanted to just get to it i know you know come back in my head you could also make a point that has come across as as um you know, kind of shitty, but it's actually a really good point, and you're, you're criticizing it from a legit place. Here's an example. Somebody who's always taken flack for being quote-unquote anti-feminist, but it, when you actually think about it, you actually make it a good point about uh, white feminism. This is Bill Burr, right? And when I hear Bill Burr, like, a lot of people just knock Bill Burr. Oh, this was terrible, and oh, he making a sort of conservative backwardness, and oh, he's just he's one of these typical comedians on, on, on Netflix who just trying to, you know, cancel culture, trying to ride the cancel culture wave, that bullshit, right? But when I hear Bilbo talk, you know, really what he sounds like is a black woman insulting and pulling up white feminists for being bullshitters because a lot of white feminists are bullshitters. Why? Because that's his black wife talking through him. That makes sense to me. That's why I take somebody like Bilbo a lot seriously, a lot more seriously mm. than the average comedian when they're talking about issues involving feminism because, yeah, the issue of white feminism is really problematic. Sorry. You know, that, so you had to get into all of that. And he, he's still miring in that, that halfway point. Like, look, I still kind of on his side with respect to that because yes there's a very real problem with elite capture right you can make a talking point and somebody could you can make a talking point that's perfectly valid and somebody could easily poison it right there's another one um black women and medicine right a lot of black women are very distrustful of modern medicine right why because you always had a a, a medical apartheid narrative this is not being anti-science or anti-medical right so when the right. teacher right had a whole problem with vaccines there was a learning learning potential there that was a learning moment. And you got a link to people who made very good arguments about um, medical apartheid and the relationship between doctors and black women in the history of the United States. I mean, gynecology. Just, just look up the history of that. That alone, right? So, but the widely teacher, right, kind of fall on my bad side is because she doubled down on it. Like, you make the mistake once. If it's somebody educated here and you still continue the bullshit, then, well, I can help you, right? And the same problem I have with Chappelle in that sense now. You start okay, no. The first, you get one chance. You, I have no problem. You come from a position of ignorance, but then you have a chance to make it to, to improve yourself. And he not really like from a talking point standpoint, he's still like not really bringing anything new to the table, right? And then he's doing all these little sniping things that kind of annoying me. Again, even though like I thought the bit was kind of funny with Jared Carmichael, it was kind of a small snipe to Jared Carmichael, right? It's a, it's a little shitty, right? I admit that. Or like mm. when he went after um, Hannah Gatsby for no good reason. Like what Hannah Gatsby had to do with this? He trying to like make out Hannah Gatsby as unfunny. No, Hanagatsu is very funny. It's just Nanette is not meant to be funny. You know, stuff like that. No, I don't know. He does lose me yeah. with this kind of stuff. And I, look, it's a generational thing. That's how I feel about it. My last point. I waste so much time on this. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in closing, um, again, it's it's it, we we not it's it's there really make any sense to read this because I mean it's just it's a it's like it's an acceptance speech, right? right? If you want to call it that, that that that's what it is, right? I don't think it's really there to like spark controversy, but you know the reason why we really bringing this up is because you know how it kind of follows right after the closer and how he mentions it in the end, right? right. So you know, like I, I still have issues with how he brought it up. Like I knew eventually he was going to bring it up in this in this um speech of his, right? But you know, it's just the idea of framing it as you know I'm an artist. This, this is art you have to respect it because it's art even though it like what it will offend like what like 75 percent of people who actually watch it or listen right. to it you know I mean it, it, it's kind of hard but again i kind of knew right. he was going to go that road I, right I, I, I that kind of put... makes that kind of makes this the special a little, a little hard to really like appreciate though because at first i really love the you know I, I, I appreciate sorry the whole you know motivational and inspirational side of it right, right. but in, in a simple term it, ha- it just had to be about him you know, right. not, not so and much look, about I the success he's had, but just, yeah. oh, yeah, I did this. And right. despite and what look, you say about it, is this is one of the most watched shows in Netflix history. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. I think like, it's yeah, a masterpiece. Yes. And yeah, 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 yeah. it, it, it kind of yeah. takes away from the point be, yeah. of what this, this speech is about. Even exactly. though, to be fair, it is ultimately about artistic expression. If that's the whole right. point and that's what leads to the end, okay, right. I get that. Right. But Fine. I just that's think that's. Near the end with the whole mention stuff is kind of problematic to me. And yeah, that's no, all that's, I have to say. So yeah, that's two, close two, yeah, that's two last points. Like, look, I, I don't say, look, if you my my attitude about stuff like this is that you have to have skin in the game. Like you have to really put yourself out there. Dave Chappelle has put himself out there. I I respect people who even people who are very controversial in, in their position. And look, I, I probably have a bias towards black people in this this situation, uh, admittedly. But like when you put yourself out there to take heat, you're gonna take a lot of racial heat one way or the other, and it's gonna come from white liberals. Like what going on to Eric July, if you know who that is, right? What going on with him right now? I, look, I don't agree with the man politics at all, but yeah, I respect the hell out of him for what he's doing because he put himself out there and he get he gets successful. Eric July is a comic book artist, by the way. Uh, you gotta look him up. Uh, stuff like that. Right, right? Well, if you, if you don't mind my asking, what 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 um, what's his material? What what did he do? Look up something called the Ripperverse. But basically, he put out a comic. The comic it it it's supposedly quote unquote non work, but it sell a bunch of copies on 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 the internet. He he, he kind of controversial okay. because like a lot of white liberals calling him the N word, and you know they they have no problem jumping on jumping on their bandwagon. Again, there's an insidiousness to to the white liberalism of this whole thing. And let us be clear about that. Like that's why at right. least I still sympathize with Chappelle on some of this one, right? Um. Yeah, and that's how that's the last point about it. And look, I'm not holding it on though. I, you know, as I said before, I will still laugh at a laugh at a rape joke. Like if it's good enough and it's well done, I'll probably laugh at it more than likely. Um, you know, like I think um, prank him John. Prank him John is funny to me. Prank him John is a rape joke, but I think it's funny. Right, so again, cancel me for all you want, but I saw a feel about it. So I don't, I'm not like trying to be like, oh, Dave Chappelle who tried to hold your hand down and you're still fucking up and misgendering people and these kind of things. But I think you should at least try to be cognizant. And I'm not, again, I'm not perfect. I still misgender some people sometimes. Like I, I, uh, we call him, I, I say him, I make a mistake just now. We call, uh, uh, um, Flashner, right? Flash is non-binary apparently. Um, Ezra Miller, right? I, I don't I almost never use them when I'm thinking of, of Ezra Miller. I always almost always use him. I shouldn't do that. I should try to be cognizant of that. Am I are you, you know, am I falling into the censorship campaign? Probably not. The person wants to prefer pronouns, you make the conceit. It's just a, a local, it's just a, a, a you know situ- situation of earnestness for that. No. That's it. Simple like that. It, it's in hard. <laughs> like, you know, you know, I'll I'll try to be careful about it. But in his case, he's still trying to like lean on that bullshit. No, I don't know. He's losing me with that. 
we had you could have a proper sit down with this discussion and say who going to cancel who but like to me that that direction is the, the 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 vortex of people like jordan peterson and that that black hole that they really don't want to go down that's how i feel about this whole thing anyway that's my last point we waste way too much yeah, time so 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 for better or for worse um at least you know we got a special from him this year so uh maybe we might get one by years in and maybe that Probably. might spark yeah. a lot of controversy or maybe not uh, i guess we'll see right all right, so let's talk about uh, Green Lantern Bay. Um, okay. And, you know, well, this is newest adventure uh, called Green Lantern Beware My Power, right? So this is like the newest um, DC Universe movie, right? Um, and, you know, it, it centers on the character of Green Lantern. Well, in this case, the, the John Stewart version, right? Um, and they actually do like a really good, you know, um, well, reference that, you know, well, they actually do bring up the original, you know, Hal Jordan version as well too, right? But right, right. when we get to the review, you know, we will kind of mention what, what happens with him, right? But uh, Ricardo, take it away. What is Beware My Power about? Sure. So, uh, John Stewart, he fight in Iraq. He had a, he's a sniper apparently, um, you know, helping out his soldiers with, with support fire and whatnot, and then they find out there's a flashback, and he attacks some random man in, you know, the street, you know, outside of a bodega yeah, or something yeah, like I, that. I, I don't even know what, what, what city John is from. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, I, I just adversely comics, I don't know. but I'll get to but that I, in my review. I forget, I forget. I just assume yeah. it's New York. I forget. I really forget the details. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's New York, but, you know, I, I haven't read these comics in a long time, and they change that shit all the time anyway. Uh, yeah, but uh, basically, you have, you have a kind of working PTSD for the most part. Um... And then all of a sudden, you know, a ship comes down. We're involving a well. This is the big, big change um, involving a, a the the elders of the Green Lantern. Oh God, my brain slipping. Know what they are exactly? Um, the Guardians. Guardians. The Guardians. Right? Guardians. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A Guardian comes down and gives him the ring. And like, oh, okay, so he becomes a Green Lantern in these circumstances. That is interesting. Uh, but you know, it kind of hints at something very, very wrong if that is the case. And then the ring, this is, okay, so I'm going to talk about something that just bothered the hell out of me. You see the whole ring talking thing? I hated it. Sorry. <laughs> I really? That, that shit, uh, I read that shit, Jud. Sorry. The ring, if it was just kind of semi-conscious and not talking, I would be fine. But it, it have a voice? No. Yeah, but this is not the first time that I they've done that, though. I'd say no. Really? I, I'd not really? say no. That is, that, is, that is not relevant to my point. I just hate it. Like, it just... It's so bad though, like it's just bad exposition though. Hey, whatever. Um, yeah, but that, that's what it says in exposition. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So he 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 getting the ring talked to him. It said him he can he can get it off, and then it fly him to the watchtower to meet the justice. There he meets um Vixen, Martian Manhunter, and Green Arrow. And then the story starts from there because basically Superman and Wonder Woman busy, Flash busy with something else. So they had to sort out some shenanigans involving the Guardians because they didn't talk to the Guardians in a hot minute. And they were wondering why it is that they have, why this, this dude has Hal Jordan's ring. Uh, you're wondering what the hell going on. And then we get to that. So the, the Green Arrow and, Green, and, well, Green Lantern, the new one, well, Hal, John Stewart, goes to Oa and they sort that out. And it's just expository thing. And that's, that, that we reach there and that's where story starts. They meet Hawk Gill, they meet other people, they meet Adam Strange. Uh, and it's a big story involving Hawk Gill's race, the Tanagarians versus, um, was he racing this one? Ran? Ran. Ran? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um, Iranians. Iran. Yeah. Iranians. Iranians. Right. Iranians. Yeah, right. yeah. And yeah, they, they build from there. And well, my opinion about this, I was whelmed. Right? I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. I was just sufficiently mm. whelmed. This was tepid to me. Um, here's the problem. 
my mother just said I didn't read that much Green Lantern. I kind of know enough Green Lantern to know where exactly this was going. And the second they did oh, a certain, oh, okay, okay. The, the second they did a certain thing and they introduced a certain character, I was like, all right, I know where this is going. And well, if you know Superman, if you know Superman, the death and return of Superman, and you followed from that, you know exactly where they was going with that shit involving a certain Keystone City. Right. And they just basically take uh-huh. that. I was a little disappointed because John Semper wrote this thread. I'm like, yeah, John Semper is like top tier DC writing material, though, for me, at least now. He's top tier, well, I should say top tier comic material. He wrote some of my favorite mm. Spider-Man stuff and thing. Um, so it's like, all right, you could have given me a better story and they could have go deeper with this. And I wanted something deeper, but it was it was fine, right? It was fine for what they do. I can again, super predictable knowing where they was going with it. Um Adam Strange was a bit of an unnecessary ad, but I get why they put him in somewhat. Um, mm-hmm. Another character, the character they reintroduced, well, introduced or reintroduced in the storyline, was kind of dumb. Sorry. It's kind of dumb. A little too dumb for a character. Um, for for what it was, I mean, I suppose you want to go spoilers or not, if you want to. Um, yeah, you, you spoil. Might as well. Right. So, yeah, Hal Jordan was kind of dumb in this. Sorry. Right? Hal Jordan, he was dumb when he was good, and then he was dumb when he was evil. <laughs> I, 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 I have a gripe about, about Hal so, Jordan, but when I get so to when, my... When he was using the, when he was using the data beam thing, right? He used, he used it to block. So he had all that power to block the beam. He used it to block the beam. It, it failed. And like, bro, you can just like push the whole thing on the side to like, make the beam fire somewhere the front. You can do that. Like, am I the only one who thinks he could, he could just do that? Like, that just seemed like way less energy than the amount of energy he used to block the beam. Well, mm-hmm. and then when he, 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 well, he was revealed to be, well, Parallax Green Lantern, which is like a big Green Lantern storyline. Well, they, they retconned it later because he was legitimately evil. And then they learned later it was Parallax taking him over after. But that's like a real big Green Lantern storyline where he, 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 with all the rings on his finger, very popular com- comic book panel. And yeah, he was kind of dumb in that too. It's like, bro, you have all these Green Lantern skills. And again, you ask Scott notice. So like, you know, you could kill him here and stop this and do that. And it just had that general, like, I won't say laziness, but, like, just lack of conscientiousness with the fighting and how characters moving. Same thing with Sinestro. Again, Sinestro's in this. Like, bro, you could kill him here. This character could kill this person here. Why is that this person not paying attention? I just, it just was underwhelming. Again, not shit or this is complete trash or anything like that. It's just, like, I kind of wanted more. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it, and I'm not going to rewatch it. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. So that's just me. All right, so um, Tracy might get mad at me for this, but um, I'm 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 in the same kind with with Ricardo man. Didn't love it, but I didn't I didn't I didn't hate it either. It it was just there for me, right? Right. And right. my my reason is just simple. Is just because I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just not a Green Lantern fan. Um, and you know, like I just know bits of information about him. Um, you know, so I just kind of went and kind of thinking, okay, well, you know, um, at least those bits will help me true, right? What I didn't expect, because I went into this completely blind, what, what I didn't expect was, you know, yet another origin story. Like, okay, we need to see how John Stewart became Green Lantern and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I didn't see it coming. Like, I just thought that it was just going to be, you know, him now as Green Lantern and, you know, he just going on this adventure now. So this kind of plays out like an like origin story again. But it just kind of complicate things, sorry for using that term, by just adding this stuff for the Tanagarians and, you know, the um, the, the Iranians, Iranians, whatever it is, right. and all that stuff, you know what I mean? So, 
like for, for for I don't want to call myself a newbie, right? But for somebody like me who just kind of marginally familiar with the 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 the, the, the source material, it yeah. just felt like there was like a lot of just exposition, a lot of okay, you need to tell me about this, that, 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 that. It, just it, adding all these elements. It, it to, had a lot to, of blue. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It had a lot of blue. That's what problem. Like it, like a lot of this. Could, I felt they kind of make some planting. Oh yeah, quick quick correction. So I slip of the tongue. Coast City, not Keystone City. Keystone City is the city where Flash come from. Right. Coast City. Yes, yes, yes. Coast City was destroyed in the comics. Whatever. That's when he that's mm. when he went mad and he became the bad guy for for a while and then he come back later years later. Whatever. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. But you know, like just just to get it good out of the way. Um. Animation is 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 solid. You know, throughout like they they do the art style where you know they just have this sort of harsh black around every character. Every, every right. Way, you know. Yeah. That, that you know, kinda, I forget what you right. call that 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 style, but it, that's, well, that's it looks it looks cel shaded, but not really. Like that is what they're trying to go for. I didn't hate this. Right. I, I thought it was not a bad call, but I, again, if it had more money behind it, it and it was a little smoother, it would have been like it would have been great. Actually, at a great great choice. But uh, as it is, I didn't mind. I, I didn't. I didn't mind. My issue was just the writing, like just the story itself. Mm. And look, Hawk Gill in this was real annoying. Like, look, chill out, dude. Like, I know you're, you're supposed to be the angry character, but like. It is irrationally ridiculous. Like, as a certain Thank like, you. Really? <laughs> was like, you, you really need to load up somebody like that? Like, you chill the fuck out now. Jeez, boy. Anyway, whatever. No, there, there, there's a moment where, where, <laughs> where, uh, where Green Arrow, right? Because I, I just find it so funny that, all right, you know, um, John meets up with right. Martian Man Hunter. Yeah, Green Arrow needs the antagonist too. So here's what let let's just tag the green people together. So Green Lantern, you go you go with Green. Yeah, I'm sorry, Green Arrow, you go with Green no, Lantern. Like, right? I, get, I get what green... he was going for. No, I get, I get what he was going for with that because that's like a popular comic, Green Lantern and Green Arrow together. Yes. It was Hal yes. Jordan. Uh, right. Okay. No, I, I, I would have liked. You know, here's the problem, eh? This Green Arrow, sorry, Green Arrow had the Batman problem in this, eh? Where like, dude, you're not supposed to be fighting these big aliens and go like if they had a relatively grounded story and they did the same thing, that would be okay. But they had this big space epic now. So, like, it was ruined for me. It's like, like, that enough moments. I was like, yeah, Green Arrow is supposed to be dead there. Like, sorry. I dead, know, right? Like, dude, you are a guy who just have a bow and arrow. Like, I'm sorry. I'm tired of that shit. Whatever. And I yeah, felt, but, but back. Yeah. But that's my last point. I felt they could have just do a, If they did a, a more grounded story with this, where Green Arrow would make some more sense, and it was on Earth, and they could have, I don't know. I, I, again, I write in this, I'm reviewing the movie that I didn't see, right? But, you know. <laughs> It was just yeah, like but, 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 nonsense, right? but it was, it's still yeah, but, not the worst thing. Quite. It, it stitched together reasonably well. Yeah, go ahead. Right, right, right. But but also good. Um, voice acting for the most part is good. Um, right. Aldous Hodge, I didn't even know he was in it. Um, he, right, you, right. You, might, you might remember him from Street of the Compton. He yeah, is no, actually yeah. going to be in, in Black yeah. Adam. Like, yeah, no, you're going to yeah, be like, Hawkman, right? He's gonna, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is so ironic that Hawkeel is in this. Like, right, oh, right, okay, right, that, right. that's that's funny, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, voice acting is is, is solid, man. Um, yeah. I, I did wish, like, honestly, I didn't expect to see any um, Just League member at all. So right. it's kind of surprising seeing Marshman Hunter and Vixen and stuff like that. But I thought they would have been in the story a little bit more. They're just kind of just there to just be like, hey, where is Just League? Yeah, here's one right, dumb and, thing. Dumb thing. Marshman Hunter can read his mind and just sort out that immediately. Because they, they had to have a full action sequence. So Marshman yeah, Hunter can read minds in this, in this universe, right? Like, you know? Yeah, I mean that that being one thing or the other. My my hilarity was he comes on the ship, he comes on on the watchtower, and he starts right. doing his do. Vixen and all of them seeing the green constructs. Yeah, that is enough to tell you 
this guy is after when Manhunter, yeah. I think it was it was Manhunter who had subdued him. Right. Um, and they were suddenly look, there is his ring. He must yeah. be a green light. The yeah. minute you see the constructs, yeah. that is needless, one of the things that I have. Yeah, needless you, I was about to bring up. Yeah. Needless action sequence. And I get it, they, they like they clearly t- yeah, catering to Justice League stuff because like I thought he would have like I thought Vixen was gonna be on the way. Like Vixen showing up, like if Vixen went with him instead of Green Green Arrow. That would make more sense because she can actually handle like that that level of combat, no? And like Vixen and him have a relationship. Well, at least from the DCAU, and then him and Hawk Gill. So I thought they could have like, you know, Hawk Gill, a little love triangle, something they could have do with that now or something, right? Whatever. Moving on. In, in, in my opinion, all well, as, as I almost say all of them. I, in my opinion, you know, um, Marshall Hunter and Vixen and and, and Green go Arrow could have gone, but you could know, go along. Well, exactly. it's Green Arrow, so okay, all right, cool. Right, you know exactly. What I mean? But. But yeah, um, the 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 issue with this though is is the writing as well. Um, I just felt like it was a little overstuffed in terms. Uh, well, that's another point I want to bring up is overstuffed in terms of villains. Cause like, okay, it's Green Lantern, so you have to have Sinestro. And right. yes, I I do like how they kind of work him in. Like, okay, um, he became you know Hal's acolyte the moment that you know Hal became you know the evil right. you know Green Lantern all of a sudden all right, that kind of right. stuff. I kind of get that, right? Even though I saw the twist coming, I I thought it was reasonably well executed. Like, Hal overpowering Parallax. Like, yeah, that's that's a thing. Like, Parallax still corrupting him, but like, yeah, Hal will be the kind of guy that'll corrupt him to the point where he still have some some workable sense of control now. Like, I get that. Like, that makes sense. Because he is, Pong for Pong, Hal is the best Green Lantern. Like, I have no problem saying that. You know, as a as a, I'm not a super Green Lantern fan, so I, you know, I, I probably might lose a debate to some actual Green Lantern super fan. But no, like I have no problem saying that Hal Jordan is the best Green Lantern. That's perfectly fine to say so. They say so in this. Mm. I accept that fact, no problem. And him losing to John Stewart in the way he did is not that is that he's supposed to be most powerful and he's supposed to beat John Stewart or anything like that. It's just how he lost, just real dotish. Like that's no problem. However. Yeah, um, and I do understand where you know how it kind of ends with you know with how sorry with with John not wanted to kill him because of all these right. stuff you know that led to the PTSD, right? But I don't know to to, to have Green Arrow just yeah. arrow straight through the chest. It's like uh... they, you know I get what they're going for, you know, because like your die friend and blah 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 blah. blah and yeah, but they didn't really build that up well Thank though. This this kind of mentioned here, there. Yeah, Hall and me, Hall and me, Hall and me, and it's not to say it's not to say we had a previous movie in, in something like this. Like this movie would have worked in like a second movie, like a kind of you know these these kind of sequels they kind of do to these movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Which like, which um DC does a lot with their right. With their if films. we got if yeah. we got like a, a Hal Jordan and Green Arrow movie, and you know you get that's some good comic shit. Some of the best comics, some of the best Green Arrow comics is that, right? The, you know him and him and Hal Jordan, right? You build that up, and then you had to kill him. He went missing. All right. You know, you could have given me that, but like in this, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I get yeah. it because I know the comics, but like, yeah, it falls flat. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, so uh, this guy rounds up here because Tracy has to share his thoughts, right? right? Um, The thing about the twist, though, like, like I do like the, the reveal of it, but there's like a few seconds where they literally kind of show it. Like, you, you know, like, it's, it's it's after this big fight scene basically involving Sinestro, right? And there's like a moment of a, a respite, if you will, right? And Respite, sorry. And you just, they're like, okay, they cut the back to Hal. All right, Hal watching the screen a kind of way. I, I, I wonder right. if he could turn heel. And we're here to talk about that. Like when, 10 when, seconds later, boom. Yep, no, but when, he's, once he's he said, yeah, when he, when he killed the guy the first time, he, he engaged in his violence and, and it was, it surprised 
Um, oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, right, yeah, no agreement. Boss shots is like, oh yeah. wow, we're doing yeah. yeah. And that's this is awesome. second time he did the film actually, and that's right. that's where you have this this few seconds, and all of a sudden, yep, I'm the bad guy and all that right. kind of stuff. Right. Um, but uh, you know, like the design of it, because I, I don't know if it's based off the uh, of the source material, but I do right. like his look. You know what I mean? Especially with right. him rocking all the rings and all that kind of stuff. That, that was that was yeah. that was dope. Oh, I must say, right? Yeah. Um, Hawkeye. Just unnecessarily, you know, yeah. tough and, you know, I don't want to so. say tough. Just unnecessarily angry and all that kind of stuff. There's a moment where basically they were saying, okay, well, you know, we have the ship come with us. We'll go and investigate this thing. And she's like, well, as long as you don't offend me or yeah. say anything or try to Shut attack up. me, I will go with you. Like, yeah. I remember, like, like, I said something. I forget what you say. Something really snarky. But I was like, dog, like, like. Hun, just just chill, just just relax. You know what I mean? I understand her place here, but I, I didn't really see that much character group with her. She was just angry and it's like, oh, the, you know, Tanagarians are being attacked and blah blah blah. Um, the Adam Strange thing, I would have I would have left out, but I kind of understand why he's there. Um, and that kind of just leads to my overall problem with this though, like um, because you're doing the whole origin story stuff again with um, in this case with with John Stewart, he just train all these characters here. And it, it kind of leads to a problem where, you know, for someone like me who's not versed in all things Green Lantern, I'm just kind of going in learning about, you know, these characters, right? So when you're bringing Hawkeye and this and that, it's like, all right. But then when you go to, like, the bad guys and, you know, the, 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 the scientists with the Zeta uh, beams or whatever all kind of stuff, you train all these stuff that, you know, it, it's clearly there to cater to the fans. Like, all right, right, I know this character. I know that character. I know that character. But they're, they're, to everybody else, it's like... All right, who? Why should I care? Why should I care? Because the movie just kind of runs at a quick pace. You know what I mean? Uh, for its eighty-five or so minute runtime, which I, like, which I was right, glad after. I, 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 I was up, glad it was faster. No, I, I'm glad. It yeah, was me, quick. me too, me too. Yeah, that's but I think it's just it just here. feels really long? overstuffed. Like you're just really right. trying to do a lot. And and just in closing, um, again, not not familiar with the source material. It kind of felt once again like one of those DC animated movies where they take like this graphic novel and try to condense it down like twelve issues or whatever. Yeah. Like remember, like like infamous story. example, the the old star, the all star Superman. No, no, not that on return. Not that oh, yeah, return. At least, at least they had a two parter yeah. for that. Right. Yeah, but I thought, well, like, all oh, Star Superman, my right, God. Right, right, like, right. They took all that and compressed that into, like, 18 minutes. You're like, why? So this one here, I just kind of felt like, it, 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 maybe it's not off of a graphic novel, but maybe from some sort of um, comic book run or whatever it is. But I just felt like they just took all that story and just compressed it down and kind of treats the audience like, all right, you're a fan because you're watching this because you're a fan, so you should know who this character is and we don't have to stop to explain stuff, but then you explain other things that it kind of slows things down. So it's a kind of weird mix-up in terms of what they're seeing and how, you know, how they see it, right? So um, if I could just read it one time, uh, Light Shot of Fireman, it's it's side for what it is. I was I was entertained by it. I enjoy the action scenes in particular. Um, if there's one thing, you know, the DC movies do well, you know, it's action, the fight scenes are kick-ass in my opinion. Um, I just felt like it was just overstuffed, you know what I mean, despite the story they were telling. Um, and I kind of trust that you watching this are a fan, so you should already know who these characters are and kind of, you know, enjoy it way more because you see the characters that you know. But to everybody else who kind of just like marginally familiar with this is, we're like, all right, okay, why should I care? Shouldn't I really make him a care, unfortunately? So like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I really do see myself watch this again. But, you know, it's, it's one of those DC movies and I'm always on board to see what they do next, man. So, yeah, Ricardo, before we get to Tracy, your, your final thoughts on Rhythm. Yeah, about that, a flat five, flat five out of ten. Um, I didn't again. 
it, 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 if it had a little more time to breathe and they, they could have punched up the script a little bit, it would have been a lot better. It was, but it was fine for what it was. Again, there's a bunch of stuff that, there's more like, you know, stitching problems now. You had you to just fix here and little treads that they could have just cleaned up a little better and make it a little cleaner. And it would have been a much better film. But as it is, it just, underwhelming story, a predictable twist. But, you know, it, it, if you liked it, it'll be fine. Because I'm, I'm reasonable fan of, of Jon Stewart. He's a pretty decent character, all things considered. I glad what they, I, I get what I was going for with him, as it is. Um, so that's about it. Yeah. Five all right, so Tracy, Tracy, you could tell us how wrong we are. Take it away. I stopped telling people how wrong they are a long ass time ago, to be honest. I um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I rule. But here's here's my uh, random thing, because I kind of scribbled down some notes during the film of itself. One, I will acquiesce that this film has a kind of uh, Superman, Batman, public enemies vibe to it in that. That's a real good comparison. There's no, yeah, mm, you know, like, yeah. These, these, you know, there was a lot of action, but the right. story of it, clumsy, where, yeah. do you, where do you fit in with that? That kind of scene. My problem that I have with it, by the way, before I even get into that, let me just, in terms of voice acting and stuff, nobody will ever top Victor Garber being Sinestro in Green Lantern for his flight. I feel like that was yeah. the pitch you know? perfect Sinestro. Pitch perfect. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I had no problem with the voice actors, and it was actually kind of joy to realize that it was Aldis who was being the voice of Jon Stewart. Um, so that is cool because I know where I'm going to see him next. So there is a thing. But for me, I was kind of wondering when I was looking at it, where are we going? Where are we going with this? Um, and t- in terms of what I mean by that is, and this is something that people tend to be asking of Marvel Phase 4. For the previous iteration of uh, animated films, they were leading up to somewhere that eventually pulled itself to be Apocalypse War. And then, of course, Flash did the whole... Um, flashpoint, the second flashpoint after everything went to hell, and so we actually were told that with, with, with no build up, by the way, he just he just does it because yeah, he, he does, does it. he does it. <laughs> no, the thing about it is, uh, uh, somewhere before before the Justice League um, Justice League War, um, where we actually met the first iteration of them, there was that whole flashpoint film. So when he comes back at the end of Apocalypse War and says, "Okay," um, Constantine tells him, "You're going to have to do that thing that you did before." And they talk about it for that little minute. It's like, oh, okay, so he, we're going to do another Flashpoint scene. So coming out of that Flashpoint and everything gets redone in a real sense, there's all these disparate stories like the Justice League, um, Justice Society, World War II, which I actually found the animation of this, the animation style of this reminded me of that um, from right. 2021. It kind of, you have stories like this and stories like that, and I'm I'm not feeling like I know if there is, uh, for one of a better way of putting it, an end game. Not that there needs to be an end game, but, you know, with the actory, what we had before, there was something there. So that was my problem. Um, we already discussed the idea of them battling him in the in the Watchtower, not realizing, um, in terms of the construct. There are things inside there that I... Like, I was a little worried that it was basically going to be Green Lantern for his flight all over again. Uh, that's the Christopher Maloney... Um, right. Al yeah. Jordan one, which I, which I, I liked. Yeah, I I will forever go back and watch that one. And yeah, exactly. I mean, Trisha Trisha Helfer is inside that. So anytime you know right. Africa Six is in anything, um, and for me, I will acquiesce that maybe if this was a sequel or some sort of something closer to that, like okay, this is the 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 next generation, the next iteration right. rather of the right. Green Lantern tale. I might have been a, a, a little more amenable to it. I didn't really have a problem 
with a lot of it, but it was just one of those things that as a Green Lantern human, like I have I have two rings. I have my Green Lantern, uh, White Lantern ring and my Green Lantern ring, and I have all kind of crap around the house. There was a time when I was fully immersed in it, the oath and everything. Um, right. I looked at it and I... And, 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 and thankfully for you, the, the live-action Green Lantern movie uh, did, didn't scar you all that much, right? No, no, no. Well, no, no. Here, <laughs> I, I will just side with this. There was a time, and I mean for years, I was not talking about that Ryan Reynolds um, film. Like, anytime anybody brought that up, because I went full out before everybody was dressing up. I was in movie town in a full kit. Well, not a full kit, but something close to it. And I had my rings, and I sat down there with my friend Richard and, and uh, one of my other humans, and we sat down. And I was like, "What is this?" So that was a thing for me. But the animated films and even the comics themselves, some of which I still have, was in fact something that I actually quite loved. This film, not so much. So I'm not going to fight down if anybody is not like 100% in it because I am not 100% in it. I'm inclined to give it um, like a three out of five. I think you, Matthew, gave it three out of five. I'm inclined to go along those lines. The animation style, like I said, is good. I dig it. I like the Green Lantern, Green Arrow kind of thing. I was, this is on a side, but I was kind of hoping that they would have done that with Diggle and and Oliver because in season eight they kind of hinted to that that yeah, come down this is the final season they was gonna go do that that's still, that's still that's still me yeah. do it but yeah. they didn't do it um, but that's another conversation for another year so uh, he, he coming he coming back he coming back into, into season for season one Lewis and he like he, the way they set it up he might be doing a bigger role because I know they're doing Manheim and them I'm like alright into gang. Okay, but still, my giddy money ring now, man. No, no, no. He, uh, he, no he stopped. No, he stopped. He said he doesn't want it because he went into an episode of. Okay, we're going off topic, but he went into an episode of Flash recently where Eobard was in prison. Eobard didn't have powers or anything like that, and he had asked him uh, because uh, he's uh, again? head of August, <laughs> and he walked. He's a he's the head of August or something like that now, and right. he walked inside the prison and he asked Eobard. Um, what do you know about about what's in this box? And he's opened up the box a little bit. The green light comes out, and he Eobard is explaining to him that that is a power and it's something that could change your life and do all sorts of stuff. Obviously, Eobard had his own plans, and at the end of it, he just decides that he would rather prefer to stay with his family and build up his I life, which is a noble this. idea. I hate that. Yeah, go ahead, I don't mind you saying that you want to stay home and, and, right. and do that kind of thing. I suppose, yeah. Right. That is fine. But my problem right. is, is that for the longest while, you know, the Arrowverse, when the Arrowverse was a thing, was setting up the idea of, you know, even when, you know, he was like a guardian and was dressing up in green and all this kind of stuff, they were setting up Diggle to be that variant of the Lantern. Right. So even when he's in Batwoman and he's he getting headaches because the voices are talking to him and yeah, all that kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, good. We know where yeah, this is going. I don't know if it's because on a on a business side, the CW decided to cut down on half the shows and they decided. No, no, to make yeah, I know it's some real. I know, yeah, I, I know, know Discovery. But, I know Discovery cleaning house, eh? the Royal Cleaning yeah, House, and I don't know what, what up in the air, but. Still, oh, so, uh, but in terms of this film, it's a it's a three out of five. I didn't hate it. I liked some of the stuff that I saw of it, but um, I'm I'm waiting for the next thing to drop. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. What whatever it is, and I do hope that it at least it's better than this one here. All right. So sticking with animation a little bit longer. Um, 
Ricardo, you will talk about the series. Um, I did not get around to watching this, unfortunately, sure. even though I, it, it, it came out literally last week time I was recording here. But uh, at the moment, I've been hearing some 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 buzz, but like people yep. are actually like surprised by this, um, uh, especially with it being a, a Netflix release, man. So, um, you know, it, it, at, at the moment, I'm, I'm expecting this to be probably one of the, the most, um, you know, celebrated animated films or films perhaps of this year but uh ricardo yep. you tell me if, if they're wrong or not but yeah what is cbs about i yeah so cbs was about is about this um basically is this this little girl uh she you know for well okay so for hundreds of years these um beasts we have running havoc onto the the lands right is this generic kind of land which is like king and queen so you're not sure it's, it could be like spain maybe or sure but they, they're unclear as, as to what this world is you know I, I i would like to think it's the future of pirates of dark waters but whatever right uh but yeah ah, they, big show boy. big show know, big yeah. show but yeah so they're doing their thing and it's just this nice fantasy world with all these beasts, beasts and whatnot and then uh jared harris's character um he's been he's captain of the ship they call the inevitable for for years um called captain crow and then his um you know his adopted son Jacob, he kind of grooming for years to to you know take take the mantle and and they have this all these great books and adventures, all these beasts they conquer, and you have the the first mate, she also legendary Sarah Sharp and whatnot, and so they return home and the the main character, the this girl called Macy, uh discovers that she get she she wants to be a pirate as well, well a, a hunter, and they go out and she she end up getting accepted but i forget why exactly because i think it's just she just proved to show herself well to the captain after captain crow and he's like yeah come along and so they get they end up they end up um clashing with this big red monster the main character you see on the poster called they call it the red bluster um and they she and um jacob right macy and jacob get separated because of the attack they, they they're presumed dead and basically uh captain crow wants revenge on the cbs but what happens is that you learn, uh, they go on the island, uh, the island with a lot of the animals, and you learn that, well, the CBS is actually pretty nice, all things considered. And, you know, they probably, the they history about these animals, probably they get that wrong. And they're wondering if uh, it's not only they got it wrong, but it probably is it's probably outright propaganda to use uh, to control people now over time. And that's basically mm. what it, it plays out to it. Okay. And, yeah, I thought this was excellent. It, it's, it's, the last time I enjoyed something like this was well, How to Train Your Dragon. Um, and you know, I, I was thinking about that. Ex- yeah, pretty much. Exact uh, show while you were yeah, talking. Yeah, what, what, yeah. What, what, what this does, like like that, it it does the whole verisimilitude for fake creatures well, right? The idea of you have a fantastical creature, and then you, you make it as as realistic as possible with with a fantastical creature, much like how that did, you know, a whole. Um, you know, ethology of dragons. This does ethology for these sea creatures. These creatures are not real. But if they were real, they would probably look and behave like this. That is the idea. And they nail it. And then Macy as a great as a main character and Macy and, and um uh, Jacob together. Fantastic. Like I really, really enjoy the voice acting in this. Carl Urban is excellent. I forget her name, Zara Angel Hito, I think is her name. Uh she is the voice for Macy. Um she's pretty good as well. And right. she just they just really, really make it work um, in terms of the, the storytelling and what they're trying to go go for. Uh, I thought this was excellent. Um, just you know, fantastic, fantastic characterization, a good message, the central message of it, and the, not not spoiler, but the message is something like you can be a hero, but a hero can still be wrong. Um, 
it's ah. it's a great like especially for our times or how we go, what we're going through a lot of our social people is just a lot of it is just simply hey people who you thought was good not so good right or you have to kind of re- reframe them or recontextualize them historically right some people are outright monsters other people kind of half and half right and we could you could you could have a nuanced conversation about that and they did that um uh captain crow's character is like that you know he he's he's he starts off as a good guy and then he becomes a bad guy and then what they do with it ultimately at the end is is excellent and what they do uh the, the side characters were great animation you know style i love this it, it really works and, and cuts together really well and then it, yeah it's just a wrong um fantastic product it's probably my favorite thing since since klaus um on netflix well, right yeah right right klaus was great that klaus was great. That yeah. since, since it came out you know right 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 i i, I watched it one more time after that and you just see just for you know, technical reasons and that kind of just research um, reasons. Um, but yeah, this this was really really solid stuff um, for me. Um, great characterization, great great, uh, just generally good um, material overall. Um, fantastic voice acting. One thing that was noticeable is that the thing with, with to be there's a kind of open secret in, in animation. But to be to be a good animator, you need to be a good actor. And a lot of animators are not good actors in that sense. So what does end up happening is that they'll have characters behaving over the top ways and, you know, over, over animated. Now, that's a kind of historical problem. Is this, no, it really feels like people, how they'll be behaving in that situation. They really think it out in terms of, you know, we could have a lot of fantastic set pieces of characters moving up and down. And it's, there's a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, you know, when, when you know, a, a pulley will pull somebody up and they go down. And it's have these, these mm-hmm. like, a lot of that, that, that like what Pirates master huh? these great set pieces yeah. they have a lot of that and it does that really really well with, with the conceits of the storyline and, and how it flows and yeah then they when they settle down for, for slower moments with characters having to self-reflect it's great because the main character or Carl Bourbon's character Jacob have to self-reflect about you know how his relationship with the animals and, and what's going on there and then when you find out what's going on with respect to the relationship with royalty and you have to reframe you know a perspective as that and yeah it's, it's very you know, system, systemic, you know, issues in, in terms of the, the politics, right? Right, it's not work or anything or that nonsense, but it just, they just do a solid story in terms of reframing the world. Uh, Rayton, I will have to give this a very high score. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, nine out of 10. Um, I thought this was excellent. Um, it just framed really well. Main character is the one who said, Macy Brumble is a fantastic character. Um, voice acting was great. Everybody was good. Um, yeah, Jared Harris in particular was really impressive. It, it was taking my while to figure out who it was. And like, oh shit, that Jared Harris would. Fantastic one. Um, Marianne Jean-Baptiste, I think is Sarah Sharp, if I remember correctly. Um, right. But yeah, Carl Urban, Carl Urban, Zara's Angel, and, and Jared Harris really held it together. That, the three of those is the, the three main characters and how it, it flows together particularly well. And yeah, yeah, I, 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 I thoroughly love this. Yeah, nine out of ten for me. I thought this was excellent. This definitely nice, going nice, to get nice. yeah, definitely going on my best of the year. All right. Well, I I definitely gonna check this one out, by yeah. So yeah. it it's clear that Netflix have have a have a early contender already, man, for best animated right. feature at the, at the at the Oscars, man. I think so. Nice. I, I think this could get nominated. I I wouldn't be surprised if it does, if it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of of movies that um are probably slept on right now, but believe me, by years end are going to be brought up and you know talked about and discussed as one of the best of the year. Uh, let's talk about the black phone. Um, this is right. So I, I I wanted to see this because as well as um Cargill from Double Toasted, uh, my boy Carlisle, um, see Robert oh, Cargill. Right. See Robert right. Cargill was, was part of yeah Carlisle from Double Toasted. From well, not Double mm. Toasted from from Spill Spill Days I should say. Right, Spill. Uh, yes. But yeah, he I think he was heavily he wrote this or so was part 
Well, co- co-wrote it. Co-wrote it, right, actually. Right, right. Um, so alongside was, the director, um, I Scott Derrickson. I, didn't, I really couldn't find time to watch it, unfortunately. So it's, it's a shame. But I really wanted to right, see right. this. Right. So, um, you know, well, it's from Scott um, Derrickson. You know, you, you may know him from films like, um, you know, Exorcism of Emily Rose, you know, Sinister, um, even Doctor Strange. I mean, he was, oh, yeah, yeah, and Doctor Strange. He was involved with that as well, too. Um, he did The Day the Earth Stood Still, which is a movie that I avoided, like, the playing because... Like why? Why would you remake? Why would you remake such a, a classic film like that? Even though you have yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't absolutely hate that movie, but yeah, it they don't hold a candle to the original. Of course, of course, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I, you know, because it's a horror, you know, usually when it comes to horrors, you just have to be very careful about watching trailers because you don't want them to spoil what's going on, right? So in this case, I just saw glimpses. Like I was just, uh, like, like true story. I was just at Movie Town, like just waiting to to go and you know buy some popcorn. And this was the first time I saw the trailer for the Black Phone. I just saw like glimpses of it. I saw the mask, which I'll get into. It's like okay, this looks interesting. That's that's what this thing is about. But I had no idea what it was about, right? But I didn't want to look at anything beyond that, right? I, just, I wanted to go in as blind as possible, right? But I was hearing a lot of great things about it, right? A lot of people, you know, calling it the best horror of the year. Um, you know, fellow collaborator Samuel Polony actually has this up as the best horror film of 2022 thus far, right? Nice, um, nice. I'll talk about that in a bit. I'll talk about that in a bit, right? But yeah, basically, um, this is, you know, again, from Scott Derrickson. Um, this is released through, you know, um, Blumhouse. So it's Universal and Blumhouse as well, too. And you can kind of tell it's a Blumhouse film because, yeah, budget-wise, it's it's kind of small scale, right? But it, it, it's um, the, the way how they utilize it and, and make it work, yeah, I mean, you have to give them a round of applause. Man. I mean, Jason Blum, I mean, knows his way around just, you know, that, not just so much um, this... Not just crafting low-budget horror films, but, you know, just make, ma- making the most out of the budget. Just making sure that it's more than, you know, the, the visual effects. It's it's all about, like, what's genuinely going on, right? And what it is about, right? It's based off of a short story. Um, I'll talk about that, too, um, by a writer by the name of Joe Hill, right? Um, so, what yeah, is well, it's about? Um, that's well, that's King's son. Yeah. That's, let me see who's on it. Stephen King's son. Oh right, yes, right, yes, right, yes. right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, it's it's his pen name. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Stephen King's I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah, the pen name shit, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he could have called himself Joe King, whatever. Ha ha ha. Right. Anyway, so <laughs> it's set in 1978, right? And we introduce to these kids, um, two of which are brother and sister, right? So it's Finney and Gwen, right? And the, the the story pretty much follows Finney, right? So he's just this um kid in in high in in you know this this young kid in high school. Um, he's being bullied, but you know one day he meets this Hispanic kid, and you know it's, it's how how the Hispanic kid is introduced, right? Um, pretty much just like beating the shit out of this out of this bully, like like literally beating the shit out of him, right? Um, you learn about Finney and Gwen, you know, their their um their family were basically they live in a in a single parent um, household because the mother passed away, but the dad is an alcoholic and ever so often he you know he would just kinda wild out and you know beat on, on them and whatnot, right? So it's rough for, 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 for Finney and Gwen, right? But you know, they, they get by the best way they could, right? So it's established early on that there is this um the serial child abductor um, in the area, well, this is in Denver, by the name of the Grabber, right? He's this guy who just shows up in this van, yeah, and what what his 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 mo is, how what how he works is that he will pretty much release this large, you know, bundle of of black balloons, right? 
So when he captures the individual now, he just kind of puts it in the back of the truck and he lets go of the balloons and then he just drives off, right? So it's 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 real it's Israel um you know uh, ET slasher kind of Hannibal Lecter or I should say Buffalo Bill esque kind of vibe now you know what I mean kind of right. stifle the person put them in the back of the trunk of a, of a van and then just speed off and carry him to the home and put them in this basement and you know torture mm-hmm. them and all that kind of stuff that's what he does right but he does that basically with kids in the in the ear right so of course you know the the um the townspeople are like concerned they want to know what's going on right and. Much to, you know, my surprise, because again, going in um, blind, uh, Finney is kidnapped, right? And, you know, he finds himself in the basement. He's put in this, you know, room. And ever so often, the grabber, who is played excellently by Ethan Hawke, would show up, right? And, well, what what, um, the grabber does is that he wears sort of like this variation of a mask, right? Um, It's a very, it's actually a really awesome mask, though. Uh, Very creepy. It has this kind of weird... You know, it, it looks like sort of like an Asian demon, like how you know, yeah. like a how, like how a Japanese um, demon would look like, or a ghost, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's how the master is, right? Um, I think there's like two versions of it, but what he does ever so often is that he takes the top part off with the with the eyelids and all that kind of stuff. So you will see like the mouth is covered as well too, right? But it's very creepy, very effective, right? But you learn something about the about his his sister Gwen. Um, she actually is psychic. So she is able to see visions of his victims, or I should say, you know, uh, the, yeah, his victims pretty much, right? And um, there's this subplot involving her trying to tell the police about, hey, you know, I know what happened to this person. I think I know what happened. I, I saw I saw him or her in my dreams. And, you know, of course, you know, with her brother being kidnapped, she's trying to figure out what's going on as well too, right? And, I was, well, actually, before I stop, um, but pretty much it's about Finney just trying to escape, right? And why the, why the film is called The Black Phone is that in the room itself where he's trapped in, there's a black phone. But ever so often, it rings, right? But what happens is that you learn that when the phone rings... Well, all right, so early on, the grabber says that um, the phone doesn't work and blah, 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 right? Um, but Finney is hearing the phone ringing, right? So every time he, he answers now, he hears these voices now. And then the voices are pretty much telling him what to do in terms of getting out of this situation. I'll stop here, right? So, um, color me surprised or color me impressed by this boy because, yeah, it's a good thing I went in completely blind with this, right? Now, at first, I wasn't sure of the type of film it was, right? I just went in thinking it's going to be some sort of psychological thriller. But what I didn't expect, though, is that there's some supernatural elements in it as well, too, and I should have known because it's Scott Derrickson, you know, Sinister, and, you know, Exorcism of Emily Rose, right? And right. I forgot to mention Delivers from Evil. So, yes, there is a supernatural angle to this, right? Um, it's established early on with, uh, with with Gwen, right? But at first, I was just like, all right, this, you know, the horror trope, you know, you have to have the character, especially a, a young kid who can see visions and is usually about something violent or disturbing. So I thought it was just gonna stop there now. But then the black phone is brought into the into the in the um equation or like, oh okay, that's what's going on, right? So I would confess like, you know, going in and while the show's playing out, I was a little confused as to 
what was going on and why, right? Because that's the thing about, you know, um, horror films, right? Sometimes they leave certain things out in the open. So it's like, you know, you just kind of question logic. It's like, all right, realistically, this won't happen. So why is this happening, right? But then you realize, look, it's it's a genre film. Just treat it as is. It's not so much about the why, but it's what and what it represents. Now. And that's when, and, you know, very soon it just clicked with me. Oh, that's what the black phone is about. That's what these voices represent. And you actually see the people behind the voices. That's all I'll say, right? And how, you know, each one pretty much helps Finney in terms of escaping this um, this this guy, right? And it just it just clicks. It just makes sense, right? So, yeah, this one thing this show just does very well, dude. This has some strong writing, though. I, I was, like, shocked at how strong this writing was, you know, for, for, for nice, a genre nice. film, right? It's really nice. one of those films that, you know, you kind of go in, you're not really sure what's going on or why, but then it just starts to connect slowly but surely. It starts to connect. You're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So you just kind of suspend your, your your disbelief for a bit and understand, yes, in this world, people see visions and, you know, what um, somebody might be dead, but they're not really dead, per se, that's all I'll say. You know, it's it's horror, rule with it. But it makes sense in terms of what the story is about. And really, it's just about, you know, Finney and just him kind of coming to terms with the fact that, hey, if I have to escape this, I have to man up, I have to be strong, I have to tinker my tools, and that's what it is. And it's a really, like, just, again, just strong writing, man. But what another um, aspect of the show that, that really shines, though, is the acting. Um, just the mere decision to just zero in the film on these basically newbies, these young actors. I thought it was a, a bold, but it was a very smart call. Uh, Mason Teams, who plays Finney, uh, Marlene McGraw, who plays Gwen, both are excellent in this, too. I would say the kid actors in this are, are, are excellent. I would say it almost kind of reminds me a bit of um, like, like Stranger Things, like, you know, right, just having right. these young actors kind of drive the film, right? Or it, yes, Ooh, yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And... Without spoiling anything, there's a couple of there's, there's one reference to it. Once you see it, you'll know what it is, right? And there's, there's a character who pretty much resemble. If I say who the character is from Stranger Things, you'll know exactly where they're coming from. But yeah, once I saw that guy, I was like, yeah, he's just like that douche from that season who we ended up caring about in right. a season. That's all I'll say without spoiling anything, right? But um. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bull. It, it was a bull and a smart call to just have the show pretty much be zeroed in on these kids, boy. Um, and they, uh, I don't want to say forced, but they are just more or less told by the director, if you will. They, they just had to do things, boy. Like, um, and it's some just just daring things that they have to do like just stuff that would make some people uncomfortable but you know it's just like nah we we really had to drive home the fact that yeah this is not uh, this is a cruel will for for these kids here man um right. case in point there's like one or two like really brutal fight scenes involving kids though and i guess like if you're like real like eh, like i don't want to see that you know what i mean yeah you will be too enough by it boy but it's very effective and totally works and again it just kind of sets up the world that uh, if, in, I, right? if i remember correctly just following a couple of interviews you know, I haven't seen it, but I, you know, a little scuttle, but wrong. It was like kind of reasonably accurate as to well, how they used to treat children back in the seventies. Like, yeah, sorry, like it's a lot more corporal punishment and you know, a lot more brutal fights. And you know, I mean, I, yeah, I don't yeah. try to, I don't try to make the case for oh, we soft or anything like that. We just have you know better healthcare and better taking care of people because that shit will mess you up, you know, in the long run. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah, we, it, it was it was harsher back then. Yeah, it was, it was, and the show does not shy away at all from from telling you this right there, there's one genuinely uncomfortable moment involving gwen and her dad just basically giving a lick straight and just yeah I, I, again just just painting this brutal portrait of just 
how how kids had to you know how how kids were managing back then, right? So yeah, it's it's a rough wheel, and you know it's just basically how Finney and Gwen as well too to an extent have to learn to rise above that, right? And I, I just love that message of the film, right? Uh, I love you know like I, I don't want to say that I know a lot about you know late seventies America, especially in suburbia, but you know just the style of it and just the aesthetic of it, it feels very true to that era as well too, from the music right. to the clothing. Um, this this actually a really yeah. Like, but what, what movie was that? What movie was that? Um, we watched last year that was like that. Uh, um, um, San Fernando Valley. It was, I think, Paul Thomas. Oh, Anderson. it was it was Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Licorice Pizza. That was yeah. that was early seventies. Right. No, I right. think it was mid seventies. I think it was right. Okay, okay, yeah, right. So it's very authentic. That's all I say, right? Um, there's a there's a very like unique technique. I don't want to say unique, right? But it's how it's used, right? Where do you use sixteen millimeter, you know, um, videography? I should say, for the uh, for the visions, right? And I thought mm. that was like, like at first when you see this, it's like, all right, that's that, that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Because it's done in this kind of full documentary style. Like when you see, it looks like a home, like a home movie, right? right but right. like when you like at first, you kind of see it, it's like, all right, what's the point of this, right? But then when you do it again, it's like, oh, that's the vision. That's how she sees it, right? But you know, it's one of those things that you know the show isn't seeing. That's exactly how Gwen sees the visions. It's just how the film decides to to present it right and because you know we we go with horror and you know we want to kind of get on their skin yeah those moments even though they look like home video sorry home movies yeah are, are, are generally creep, creepy especially knowing what what the visions are about right um speaking of which though uh ethan hawk though is goddamn fantastic as a grabber though he is as usual creepy af <laughs> I mean, this, this this was Arthur Harrow. We saw him as Arthur Harrow. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And he was creepy. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't all that creepy, but he was just flat out weird. He was yeah. weird. But it's something about this guy, Jed. I mean, props to Ethan Hawke, Joe. Great actor, yeah, right? Of course, yeah. But it's something about when he plays these villain, villainous roles, though. He just have this weird way oh, yeah, about him. Yeah, how much time he's playing villains? Like I know, right? <laughs> that many times, yeah. He's always playing, but you know, when he does, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's, when he does do it, yeah. This yeah. this guy is just goddamn weird and creepy, um. And you know, it's it it is the typical. I'm a serial killer. I'm just doing this for the thrill and all that kind of stuff. And I know more than you. And oh, you thought you was trying to escape, you know that that kind of thing. Like you've seen it before with um science and lambs. Um, right, and you right. know, I just have a slight gripe. There are some tropes, some serial killer tropes, like. Okay, I'm gonna keep you here, and you're gonna try to escape, and you know, typical stuff that you probably see in you know, sla- um, serial killer films like that, right? But right. here, you know, especially with how he plays Grabber, it works. That mask is goddamn awesome, in my opinion, man. You know right. what I mean? But yeah, it it, it includes though. Know, I again, I just didn't know where the story was going, and at first, at, at times, I was just like, all right, this is not what I expected, but I'm not sure if it would be for me. But I just say, all right, let me just shut shut my brain off. Let me just that shut my brain off in terms of a watching mindless entertainment. But just like. All right, I'm gonna trust the show. I'm gonna trust the writer. Right. I'm gonna trust the director to tell me what's going on. And yeah, it did that. And then when it all ends, I'm like, yeah, like it 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 works. So right. I would say if it could go in as blind as possible, man, you will be rewarded with a really like just enjoyable and just well thought out film, though. Um, before I get to written, though, I would say that if you are a horror fan, you will you will you will love it. You will at least appreciate it. You know, in terms of how it plays with certain tropes, especially in the supernatural and the psychological horror realms, right? Um, it's not 
like the most original thing you will see, <laughs> admittedly, right? Um, so that is why I'm not going to go out of my way and say this is the best horror I've seen of, of, of the year. Also, too, and this is like a criticism that, you know, um, many people bring up. Uh, not that scary, though. I should say not as right. frightening okay. as you might okay. think it is. Like, you're right. not going to get a lot of scares in this, right? Um it is genuinely creepy, like from 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 start to end. Like that that's not that's you know um, that you know that that is that is that remains short, right? But I would admit though, I, I I was expecting you know at least a few more scares. Like there's have a couple of good jump scares, right? And you don't really see that these days. You you, you get like you know hokey joke um, jump scares. These ones are genuinely well earned, right? But yeah, admittedly, I was just like, all right. I get the story, I get what they're going for, but you know, you kinda add a few more scares, man, a few more bits of tension in it to really make it stick with me, to really make me like feel it in my spine or whatnot, right? But yeah, for what it for the for what it's worth, I, I thought that the film, regardless of the lack of scares, if you want to call it, that was was still fantastic, man. Um and it's it's amazing to is what the, the most amazing thing is that this is off of a short story, yeah? And you can kind of tell by the by when when the film ends though, but the way how they stretch it out and you're able to tell this 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 really impressive story over the course of like what um uh, 103 minutes is is just goddamn amazing in my opinion, man. So rating wise, I'm gonna give this a strong four out of five, man. Um, this is one nice. that you should check, definitely check out. Uh, this is one that probably will be slept on during the the the, the months or so, but believe me, by year's end, this is gonna come up and uh, in, in terms of best of the year discussions, man. At the moment, I, 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 I don't really have it up there as the best thing I've seen for the year. But I believe with more with the more viewings I give this, yeah, I could see it up there, man. Or at least an honorable mention. But um, whether you're a fan of horror or not, though, if you just appreciate strong writing, genuinely strong acting, and just a creepy ass villain that you just want to see, you know, <laughs> you just want to see him get get, get um, gotten rid of as soon as you you will enjoy this one. So yeah, I I wholeheartedly recommend checking out the Black Phone Man. All right, so um, let's return to animation for a bit. Kato and I will finally talk about the Bob's the Bob's Burgers movie. I will almost say sure. Bob's Burgers movie, right? Um, so here's the thing, right? So first off, right, um, just to touch on the show itself, Bob's Burgers, right? Um, I really enjoy this show. I don't love, 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 love the show, but I really do enjoy. It. This is this is easily one of the best things that Fox has ever given us, as far right. as you know, just comedy. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, because it it rivals stuff like American Dad, um, right. The Simpsons, and you know, Family well, Guy, it, of it, course. Well, it kind of does. It kind of you know flips it a lot uh, because it's a lot. It's not a mean spirited show like those other shows. Like, look, I like those shows. But they have a, a very, for lack of a better term, a very biting edge to them. This show flips it, and it's not that like it. It does a different thing. But yeah, go ahead. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. There, there's a there's a sort of a cynicism with uh, with uh, you know those shows, right? But uh, right. with Bob's Burgers, there's like genuine heart to it as yeah, well. Yeah, the earnestness. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah, you're right. And this is the key to why the show works, though, because. Yeah. Um, like just just for me personally, um, you know, when it comes to these these characters, whether it's Bob, Tina, Jean, or Linda or Louise Belcher, right? That's the family, the 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 Belcher family, right? Yep. Or the side characters, whether it's um, you know, Fish Order or you know, Sergeant Bosco, right? Teddy, boy, 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 Teddy. Oh yeah, Teddy, Teddy. Hey Bob, how you doing, Bob? Hey, yeah. can, can I get the burger, Bob? Like I just love like Larry Murphy's voice. He has Teddy yeah. is is excellent. It's, it's one of those things I want to replicate, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But generally, like in a nutshell, they're pretty, they're pretty much idiots, right? But right. they're so lovable. <laughs> it's just like you just kind of love to see them just what, see what, what it does. Stuff do yeah, what stuff. it does well. What it does well is you could be weird and not special. Like they're special. That's right. But they're not. They're not magic special people. It doesn't do the whole. Well, oh, just because you're weird, that means you're gonna flourish. And and you know the ugly duckling is the, is the goose. Not that shit. They stay ugly, but that's all right. And yeah, that's, that, that, that's like right. Big, yeah. That's kind of the big message of this, this the whole show in that general. Day. It's and to me, to be fair, I think it's the best stuff since early Simpsons. Um, ah, with, okay, that, yeah. that's where you're going. Early Simpsons, in, all right. In my opinion, uh, I, yeah. I could see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like this yeah. Simpsons Futurama because, like, I I like Family Guy and I like American Dad and you know those shows are good on their own right, but they never like reach to those heights in terms of like just you know just brilliance and really brilliant writing and these kind of things. Um, that's yeah. that, that my my opinion on that. Yeah, good. Right, and, and 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 lastly on this show here, right? Well, Ricardo, I just want you to do synopsis for this if you don't mind, right? Um, it's it's just the humor that that always surprises me with this. How these guys, well, you know, the people behind the scene, you know, um, you know, Lauren Butcher, um, Butchard, Butchard, sorry, <laughs> and you know, um, Bernard Bernard Derriman, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just how they just come with this like irreverent humor, and you know, it's, it's one of those things that I know for some people will just annoy. Will just annoy them because right. of just how dumb the characters are, and just like, all right, you just be dumb for the sake of being dumb. But again, because of just how likable and lovable they are, it's just like, yeah, this 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 works, boy. But again, I just don't know how these guys pull it off, but they pull it off, though. And yeah, you just get all this this snappy, witty, just just and, and very sharp, you know, humor and writing as well, too. And just all these absurd but just still delightfully entertaining scenarios, man. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, so when it came to this movie here, um, I was surprised that we were getting this in the first place, right? And funny right. thing, um, this this well, I should say the time of this of its release here digitally is around the team the same time sorry that the 15th anniversary believe it or not of a little film called the simpsons movie you know right. um is oh, wow. this was around that same time period yeah yeah yeah. um and i was meaning to talk about that that movie right but um uh probably would right but yeah you but the, the the big sell about the simpsons movie for me was literally how much years we had to wait for it to come uh, yeah, out right? which, 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 which i 2007 which, huh? yeah which was also which was also i heard to the movie yeah that that is true. That is true because yeah, um, it it, it does kind of play out like yeah, because like, South like Park, South Park was like what, four of, years or something like that. Yeah, roughly like four years since since um since the the series dropped that we got bigger, long and uncut, right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna talk about this with this movie here in terms of the timing of it, right, and how it feels ultimately, right? But yeah, with the Simpsons movie, it was just like all right, but we wait like a full seventeen years or I guess eighteen if you if you want to say it came out in eighty nine. I think it came out in eighty nine or ninety. I, I you know I guess you could tell me in the comment section, right? right? But yeah, we literally had to wait like roughly what seventeen years for it to come out. And for the most part, I mean, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it for what it was. But it it's one of those things like you can look back at two thousand seven like oh yeah that that happened right. But honestly, I I have not revisited that show that that movie I should say at right. all right. But yeah, Ricardo, um, take it away. You can talk about Bob's Burgers, why you enjoyed it so much. And, you know, during your your review of it, you could kind of compare it, if you will, to the Simpsons movie, right? So yeah, take it right. away. Yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, Bob's Burgers are a show that, I, again, I absolutely fell in love with. Um, it's, it, it, again, the earnestness of it. Um, it. It is very subversive in terms of like what real underclass and working class people in, in a modern United States go through. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't do the, the same conceit as what a Homer Simpson was, say, at 30 years prior. 
and it's just a, a, a genuinely earnest and, and smart show in the in the face of depressing circumstances like it's it's when they think about it like what these characters are and the tongue they live in and who they have to contend with yeah some real insidious nonsense is be going on but yet they they, they are approaches with a, a that's a reverence and they make it work and again it's one of the situations where they'll they'll probably never get out of it. They'll never be the magical person. They're never going to Hogwarts or to borrow or to borrow from whatever narrative stuff, right? Um, they'll never become the the, the 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 hero of a thousand faces type characters. They're not that, but that's okay, right? They they're not gonna. It's not it's not the it, it, it don't have Xavier Mansion for them, right? And you know it's always a shorthand for that kind of conceit uh, with these characters. And that's why the show works so well. Is it's a bunch of all of them is a bunch of creatives and talented people. But they're never gonna they're never gonna make it like because they're not that talented. The only person who's actually genuinely brilliant in his craft is Bob himself and those those burgers he makes. Um, unfortunately, he's kind of bad at everything else. <laughs> that is you the nature of the show. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, that's the whole thing about it, the, the, the conceit of it. Um, and well, my attitude with this movie is unfortunately it is the Simpsons movie. Unfortunately, where it's yeah. not that. Not that bad of a script. It's fine. It's reasonably funny and entertaining, but doesn't hold a candle to what the, sh- the height of the show was. Like Simpsons, you see this, them first five seasons of The Simpsons, and I know we could get into a big debate about Golden Era and which era of Simpsons better, and I'm not Simpsons gatekeeping or anything like that, but when Simpsons was at its height, it had some true brilliance, uh, like absolute brilliance. Like t- still to this day, Flowers by Irene has cracked me up, or bits right. like... Um, you know, if you know what CS catalog is, right? Just every time, every time, every time somebody try to bullshit me about something, I just say CS, CS catalog. It's still the funniest bit to me. And yeah, Bob's Burgers oh, is like that. Like who, who, who shot Mr. Burns, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's still it's, one of the greatest two parters yeah, in TV brilliant. history. Like yeah, the world watched that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a brilliant comedy classic, stuff. And that's how I feel about this. This also was like to me, it was the real show that that you know um, moved on from you know from simpsons to me it was a real like uh torchbearer from simpsons in my opinion not family guy right family guy just keep, comes across like a ripoff in my opinion this was the real torch. this felt like the new simpsons and it's a real shame that they follow the part of the simpsons in the sense of the movie because the movie just it is it's not bad it's good it's fine just it could have been so much better or at least it felt it felt like it could have been so much better in my opinion and I was just so underwhelmed with it overall, as it was. I didn't hate this. Um, story was all right. You know, it had some good bits. But I felt they could have do so much more. Mostly because so many characters were missing. Like, I really wanted them to bring the, the prostitutes. Or I really wanted them to, um, you know, bring in all these little side characters to the tongue. Like, like what I'm, okay, so I'm a, you know, no, no surprise. I'm kind of left-wing politically, right? And Sam Cedar is one of my favorite uh, left-wing commentary people I, I watch the show a lot i was a big fan of michael mm. brooks and sam Cedar has a voice in this right that's one of the reasons i like the show so much uh because it caters to those sensibilities there and it hardly had his character in it he just had one little small uh, i scene. know <laughs> it had one small scene and i was like come down man they, they could have do so much more with this i didn't hate this you know it's fine but i, I really felt they could have do more with it as it is it's a solid enough script it's funny enough they focus on the main characters but i really wanted them, wanted them to do more and bring in more with it as it is uh, yeah, but before we can talk about it, man, then I'll give more. Yeah, um, I, I, I have to, I have to echo your, your, your um viewpoints on on this show here too, right? Because this was one that admittedly I, I really, really, really wanted to like, but you know, I just wanted to like, 
it's it's fine it's fine right what what the show does right i have to commend them for it though by the same time i think it's to the detriment of the film is that it you know it, it centers a lot on the characters themselves and it gives you enough of their their characteristics to be like okay this is why i should care about this person so this is what this is uh you know a trait of this character right yeah. and it kind of hones in it a lot i know it's for people who probably go into you know to bob's burgers the the franchise for the first time not knowing who these characters are right case in point um tina belcher right one of my favorite characters <laughs> this offer dan Mintz's voice it's just something about how he does that voice and yes it's a low monotone voice again right. it's, it's a girl again right but it's how he delivers that voice is yeah. hilarious to me, the right? flat, yeah the flatness yeah and because tina just so god that way <laughs> You know, <laughs> when you think of me weird, it's it. I don't know. She just makes me laugh every time I see, her, right? But yeah, they do the thing where she she have this. Uh, she just loves horses, and right. you know, she loves Jimmy Junior, who is the son of Jimmy Pestos, the guy right. who so owns I know, the, I know it had a the big pizzeria place. Um, yeah, I know it had a big no, no, Sorry, not a pizzeria. Sorry, yeah, uh, the restaurant opposite Bob's Burgers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but I know it had a big controversy involving uh, the voice of Jimmy Pesto. Um, because I think he was like some some big Trump person, and he was the on okay, I, I didn't the, even know that shit. He was there wow. in the January sex riots or some nonsense like that or something ridiculous. And I know he leave the show now. Uh because of that. So I was like, oh, this big right wing on the, the left wing show. That's kind of weird. I mean, you know, that's like that that about as ridiculous as um Hercules on Supergill. Like it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they get his yeah. weird right wing on an ostensibly very progressive show, however. Anyway, uh right, so right. So I, I know they can get all the characters back. And I I, I still find Bob and, and Jimmy Pesto's back and forth. This is some of the funny shit to the show. Yeah? I um, know, boy, because of I, how childish this is. Yeah, yeah. Especially Bob. Pesto Bob does act like a real child when he's... Because yeah. Jimmy is just like real shit him up there. Bob is yeah, like, yeah. ah, ah. You know, you know, like he just right. trying to get back at him there. I, yeah, I, so I petty, love that too, How right? petty he does get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I appreciate how the show kind of spends a little time to focus on the quirks of each character, right? right. So, yes. Everybody have a quirk. So, you know, Tina and Jean and, you know, you know everybody, right? Um, Louise, you know, we, with, with her, um, affinity, you know, always, you know, all with those bunny ears and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, all, it, it, it does, it spends enough time for um, on the film to kind of introduce new audit, um, new viewers to, to, to them, right? To the world of Bob's Burgers, right? Um, it kind of, but I do agree with you, though, know, other characters that, that, you know, like other fem- um, popular characters just kind of show up on the side. Every so often you might just see like a glimpse of them, right? And it's kind of weird because in the, in the, um, the end title sequence, if you're familiar with the series, um, you know, you, well, you know, you see them kind of do some kind of weird musical bit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You just see them dancing and, yeah, you know, the song is cool and the message is cool, but it's like, you know, I want to see you. I want to see all you. I want to see, yeah. I want to hear more lines from you guys. So it's like. Or they just there for it, you know. So, so to the to the untrained eye, you know, it's just like, all right, I don't know who these characters are, but I should kind of treat them as all right, they're part of the show, right? But for people who are you know who these characters are, it's like, yo, well, why have them there if they wasn't really in the show, right? Anyway, but I do like the the choices of characters that they have here, like you know, side characters, as you see, right? Like Teddy, for example, and you right. know, Felix and Calvin, uh, Fishwood and stuff like that, right? I mean, Felix and Calvin are still goddamn idiots, you yeah. know, but you know, you, you like them because they're idiots, right? Um, the story for what it is, it's 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 fine for what it is, right? But but here's the thing, right? Here here's the the problem with it, right? It reminded me a lot of um, I think it was season um, I think it was season four. I think it was season four, right? I believe right. it was. 
yeah. which had this this great um you know double episode uh, finale involving you know um calvin wanted to get back at his brother right. and there's this thing with the you know with the um pay and you know him wanting to murder you know the belchers all that kind of stuff there so the way how the setup of the story is, I don't want to spoil what it is. It felt very much like that. Like it exactly. was, it was happy back to it, right? Is even to the point that they brought, admittedly, one of my favorite characters in this. Um, that would be, um, that would be Calvin's um, on again, off again, your friend Fanny, who is voiced by Joe right. Peel. Right, right, right. Like right, I don't right. know, for me, the moment Fanny came in, the moment funny talk and i realized it's jordan peele i was in stitches that's still one of the funniest characters i've ever seen in bob's burgers though i, I just love that just that uh-uh, smart mm. now <laughs> it's like this full caucasian voice that jordan does but it's so hilarious i love it right yeah she's there and they kind of treat her like and you know because she was there they, they and because calvin was there too they kind of treated it like Oh yeah, what happened in that episode of season four did happen, but um, right. that's not what we talk about now. This is something totally different, right? So it's kind of weird, though. So you know, if you're a fan, you'll kind of get the reference, but everybody else is like, "All right, I don't know what's going on. Who's this character? I, I don't know, right?" So it's that kind of weird balance and act that they try to do. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, right? Um, other than that, the story itself is—it just kind of felt a bit like that same two-parter, right? Um, Guy wanted to take down the fish orders, and it turned out to be a relative, not gonna say who, and it's some kind of real petty scheme of revenge and all that kind of stuff. It just felt kind of like by the numbers, like stuff that literally we've seen before in you know in the series, right? So just to compare it to something like say, um, I'll, I'll compare it now to, to Simpsons movie and Bob's and sorry and and South Park bigger long and, and uncut, right? What South Park bigger long and uncut was able to do so well, right? It was like all right. We know the show on Comedy Central. We know how um, raw and raucous this humor is, right? And offensive it is to some people, right? But let me just put this in movie form now. Let me slap our ratings for this now. And let me just really take the piss out of people, Dread. So that show went out of its way to just offend people. And it just dropped so much F-bombs and curse words, all right. that kind of stuff. It was, it was amazing. It was, it was brilliant, actually, right? In, it, in, its, in its subversive humor, right? And then on top of all that, now, they just drop all these Broadway-style musical numbers now, right? Like Kyle's mom's a bitch and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. like, oh, shit, that's where we go with this, right? So it just, just ramped everything up to your right so that's what he get away with with that movie that why that movie stand out right but simpsons movie no it just felt like all right it's the same characters we know and yes. it's just a movie with the same characters we know so unfortunately while i did enjoy it and i, I get some chuckles and laughs out of it it felt like an extended episode it felt like a two-parter that we just see on big screen right and yeah that's the same thing here with this with this movie it just felt like an extended episode like a two-parter very similar to like what we saw in that season four finale you know i mean something involving the 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 um the team park and the wharf and all that kind of stuff and all this drama and it's like all right well yeah kind, kind of been there seen that you know the stuff with um with uh louise trying to prove herself you know what i mean and she not being a baby kind of saw that before um yep. tina you know wanted to prove that she could kind of survive know, the summer without, without without sorry with, with without um thinking heavily about jimmy jr kind of saw that before um bob and linda trying to keep the the business afloat right it's saw that yeah 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 we'll see you know you know what I was annoyed by too? I kinda wanted them to do the South Park thing by by actually getting to see Louise without her hair. Without the sorry, without the cap. Um, yes, like and they had like, an opportunity and they didn't do that. Um, yeah, they were similar, still like, to, yeah, it's like how with, with Kenny. You had that right. one moment right. where you saw his face and it was like it was exactly. awesome, right? Yeah. Right. 
but yeah, like they, they come out last minute. It's like, do we want to see the hair? It's like, no, we, but because they spent so much time on, on the whole hat thing, it's like, well, at least we could have seen it and we didn't, right? Yeah, exactly. well, um, the hair, whatever, right? So, so in closer, right? Um, yeah, so unfortunately, this, this really did feel like an extended episode. Um, but what I will say though is that if you are a diehard, uh, Bowser Burgers fan, you wouldn't care regardless. I guess you will enjoy every minute of it. You'll be cracking up throughout. Um, for me though, like it was funny in bits, I chuckle, I laugh in some bits, but it didn't really hammer like you know um you know lamauin right trout yeah. right I-, I wanted to be lamauin at it but unfortunately it's just like ha ah, that's funny it's funny it's funny but that's because of the characters and because of what i know about the characters already right so far less for for people who go in and blind who have no clue who these characters are right they might just find it weird they laugh at it but others i, I imagine some people are like what's the big deal i i i, I don't get it, right but that's not to say that the show isn't worth checking out though. Um I, I mean I, I think that the animation is is excellent in this. Um I, I know it's within how it looks right now. It, it's you know it looks way different from you know when it first started, right? But yeah, animation is 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 great, you know. Um, you know, voice acting, of course, is stellar, right? Um did not expect the musical bits. Um there wasn't much, but they were there and they were perfunctory, I guess. But so here's the thing with that, right? It kinda I, get, kinda. I get what I was trying to do with that way. It's it kind of intentionally bad, like that. Yeah, kinda, that kind of because it, and, and, and here's the funny part. Sorry to cut you. And here's the funny part. They did it in that two part that I mentioned before in season right. four. They did the musical bits there too. The right. same style where. It's yeah. the same kind of Broadway. I am talking and I'm what I'm doing. I have to talk and I don't know. And basically kind of singing what's in your mind. They do that here again, you know? Yeah. Go on. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, 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 uh, it, and that even, I get where it's working, but it's still fall flat. Yeah, and I think the reason being, just before we get to written, is that the song, like, just, like, all right, like, lyrically, we get where they're coming from, but the songs don't stick, right? It's a mu- it's it's a musical number. The songs had yeah. a stick. That's why you know the South Park, you know the um bigger long and the uncut. Those yeah, those those songs bangers. work, right? They stick yeah. some bangers, right? You know, like I don't, I don't expect like, them to get Lin Manuel Miranda or anything like that. But come now, man, they could do something with it, man. I don't know. Yeah, because they decided to bring it into this movie here. So it's like, well, yeah, they had a stick, but they didn't, right? So um, not bad. Could have been better, but I would say if you are a fan, you will you will you will appreciate, right? Um, non-fans, I would say I would I would recommend at least watching some episodes of Bob's Burgers to to familiarize yourself with the characters. So at least when you go into this one, you're like, okay, that's why this character weird, that's why that character so blah 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 blah, right? Um, cause yeah, if you go into this without having seen any episode of 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 um, the show, yeah, there's there's no way I see you can really enjoy this man. So yeah. rate wise, um, yeah, light uh, decent three or the yeah, five I, I man. Think it's, it's the show, it's the show, yeah, the show too, the, the show too niche to go mainstream like this, like to play, to play so basic, no, like no, lean into the fan base. The fan base is like like you see all the beef and butter thing. I didn't like it personally, but like beef and butter fans really liked it from what I understand. It's like that. Yeah, like, and, and it's, stu- it's stuck to the formula, it's stuck to it's the fans. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but I think like this one was trying to cater to non-fans too. You know, right. it's just like and I, I think uh, we, we have yeah. to kind of tell the rest of the world outside of the fans why this movie exists. So it kind of caters to them by trying to cater to the fans too, and it doesn't always work when they, you know they try to cater to both, and it doesn't always work. Um, simultaneously, right? But yeah, for what it is, it's it's fine. But um, admittedly, it could have been better. It is another Simpsons movie, if you will, unfortunately. Yeah. But at least the show is still strong enough to to continue on. And you know, you'll just kind of remember back in twenty twenty tw- back in twenty twenty two, there was a Bob's Burgers movie, right? And I'll stop here. 
So you're a Cardo fan on Tosarito? Yeah, yeah, again, uh, mid. Again, I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed, just just whelmed. I really felt they could have done more with it, uh, to be honest, but it was fine. It was pretty decent for, for waiters. Um, but yeah, they, they, I really felt they should have done more with it. Great, have so many funny side characters, they could have really do it, and they just do the main kind of characters. I just kind of annoyed that Sam Cedar didn't get more, more material, because like his character is absolutely hilarious to me, but whatever. Yeah, well, 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 well Rita, why would you give it? Yeah, Sam Otterton. All right, all right, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, and last but not least, let's finally talk about the full season of Ms. Marvel. Uh, Ricardo and I, we talked about the premiere episode. We we were we were entertained by it. Um, you know, we, we, we dug the vibe that they were going for, pretty much this sort of Disney Channel, you know, well, um, <laughs> Tracy, you can tell me if you're wrong, this Disney Channel kind of approach the MCU. Like, at first, I was kind of, like, It's more stuff to but okay. Scott Pilgrim in terms of the kind of vibe, to, but I, right, yeah, I see but, where you're going in terms of the Disney Channel um, sensibility. Yeah. But but you're right with the Scott Pilgrim stuff too, in terms of the visual flights of fancy stuff that you know the, the main character Kamala Khan goes through, right? I know Iman Vanani uh, you know just shines on on screen every time she's there. You know she just oozes in, in, in charisma, though. You know she's just so adorable, right? And you do buy into her as you know this this Captain Marvel fan girl who just wants to be like her and then through some circumstances ends up becoming a hero, right? Uh, but you know, after that though, you know, we we had five more episodes to to kind of explain, you know, to kind of build on on that, right? So you know, we will just talk, share our thoughts on this um season here, right? So Tracy, if you don't mind, um, take it away. What was Miss Marvel about? Miss Marvel is a Disney Plus series based based on the comics of Kamala Khan, uh, Miss Marvel, where you have a teenage girl who is, as Sir Bailey says, is very much obsessed with Carol Danvers. Everything revolves around Carol Danvers. And over the course of the season, we realize she gets powers, how she interacts with the powers, how her family interacts with the powers, and how her community interacts with the idea of her powers. So that's the general the general overarching theme without spoiling anything. It, it varies from what the comic is through certain uh, certain retelling of like her origin story, but it's still a solid story. Right. You- so um, I'll, I'll I'll just all right. So I'll just share my thoughts and then Ricardo and then Tracy, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. you know I, I know Tracy, you've been you've been loving the show here, right? You've been so seeing for me going Tracy, in- I assume. <laughs> oh, 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 yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Right. And, you know, I've been seeing, you know, just these videos you've been shared. They actually shared one, you know, with these, uh, you know, just these, these, these classic Bollywood inspired, you know, dance songs and whatnot. You know, that, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been seeing yeah. what you've been doing. Right. So, yeah, um, for me. Yeah. So, so for me, right. Just uh, quickly. Um, I would admit that I knew little to nothing about the character of Miss Marvel. I knew that this version here that we, we saw here is going to be uh, radically different kind of from you know the original version here right so you know i just treated like okay she this character here is going to be part of the mc how it's going to work right and as i said before you know it has a sort of a dizzy child approach to it right so i'll just say right off the bat if you kind of expect this show to go in a really dark direction you know because it's the mcu and you know you, you kind of know the formula by now um, you'll be disappointed by this, right? You might just think this is just kind of too light for you. You know, it's too fluffy for you. But, you know, I, I do applaud, you know, Marvel Studios for saying, here's what, we've been doing the same stuff 
pretty much let's let's be real here let's try something a little bit different but you know we kind of set it up for something bigger so yeah this is just you know just the introduction this is just a character and we're just gonna try a slightly different approach here right and for the most part it works right it it, it totally works for me right um that being said i wasn't like admittedly i wasn't like completely blown away by the season um but i did enjoy it for for what it was or what it was trying to do right um for one thing just kind of introducing us to kamala khan just showing that you know even um someone you know of you know pakistani you know heritage can be a superhero as well too right, right. um i i was a little let down in the fact that you know we didn't really get like a mean villain like a mean body right like some right. big super villain that you know eventually kamala would have to face right but most of it was just about her understanding her powers just basically through these bangle um the bangle sorry that right. she acquires and just uh, but what I did expect is you know, pretty much her learning about her pastor, like going back as far as learning about her her, her great grandmother as well too. And you know, there's the struggles that you know her and you know well we learn about who she is, right? Her and her husband and you know well you know the the, the daughter who becomes the grandmother, right? Went through during India during the partition, right, and all that yeah. stuff, right? As a president, yes, they, they that, do that, something so politically charged. Well, yes, done, yes, yes. I was surprised though that 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 fifth episode though, yeah, was great, right? I was I was a little concerned that the majority of the episode was going to be centered on that period, but how they worked in Kamala was I thought it was was great though. I didn't see that coming. It's it's one of those, all right, but logically that don't make any sense, but thematically it totally works. Like you really understand. Like this is the moment where Kamala, without spoiling, literally sees for herself how important she is in all of this and how important how important her powers is, right? Um, like I said before, um, Iman Valani, sorry, who plays Kamala, though she totally shines as well too. I know it's not just oh, I have a cute face and a smile and whatnot. You know, she she sells the she sells the emotion as well too. You know, there's numerous emotional moments where you know she has to you know be emotional, right? That she does it well, right? Um, she gets to to, to throw down. She she gets to fight yeah. and stuff like that. It works, right? The side characters really dug them as well too. Bruno, you know, he's a third wheel, but you know he is just that reliable guy, you know, uh, who just sticks with her and helps out, right? Um, I really liked um, Na- Na- Nakia, right? Well, that's a yeah. character who's played by Yasmin Fletcher. Uh, I thought that she was great, though. I love that, you know, the fact that she is white and Muslim. Well, you know, well, you know yeah. white, right. yeah, yeah, light skin, right? And yeah. There's a great, great moment in the second episode which you can explain that. So I love how it worked here, uh, especially that that supplement of who wanted to be part of. Uh, I think it's this board that's in the mosque that she attends. Board of the mosque. Right, yeah. So uh, I really dug that. Um, the family dynamic, right, with Kamala. Uh, I, uh, uh, totally uh, dug. Like the mom, I thought the mom was great. Though. I love the mom, right? Father, you know, is is there supportive and same thing with the brother. I think the brother is hilarious as well too. Um, the guy who comes in between Kamala and 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 Bruno, great as well, right? And yeah, you learn some stuff about him and his mom as well too, and it ties into the whole you know magical aspect of the show, right? Uh, but again, though, I was a little the fact that we didn't really get like a super villain. Like, I thought we she she could have had like a mean villain to 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 throw with. What we just really get is some you know Department of Damage Control people, and you know that's 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 the bad guys. Okay, uh, I get. But it's like all right, they could have just been like you know just side you know side antagonists if you will, right? I really thought we could have just had a mean villain for for her to contend with, right? So yeah, right. at least Kamala could understand what it really means to be a superhero. It, it here is just like like I understand it's about, you know, I want to be a hero for the people. That's what it is. And you know, the DDO the DODC are the bad guys and yeah, we must hate on them because they don't care about us. It's it's that kind of vibe they're going for. But again, could have had a super villain man. I mean oh, it's it's, it's right. Marvel's like it's Marvel. <laughs> right. Like come on, pick pick someone, you know what I mean? 
No, but see, here's my thing, though, and this is the hilarity that we've gotten even in um in 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 Stranger Things. The more you look for a monster, the more you realize that the monster or the villain of the piece is actually the humans. Right. And this is something that I mean, I mean, and we and we'll get back to that. But this is something that that Muslim Americans, wherever part they're from, have had to deal with. The fact that you walk into a mosque. Or you walk, you already have a predestined yeah. idea of what it is that you're going to see. So for me, the idea of not having a overarching big bad outside of the clandestines and Najma, and and then in the end, what happens with you know uh, um, um, Cameron, the idea of having even the DODC and, and and Agent Diva being the one that is like the the push here, kind of mm. you know it gave it a human element that I kind of was like yes, right. that 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 makes sense. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, I, I, I agree right. with that. Because it, it's very 9-11, post-9-11 stuff, right? They, they really tap into yeah. a lot of that. Uh, and that was interesting. They, like, they, they did that. They, and they do. That, hard to, that is a hard game to play. Like, how to make that relevant. Especially the MCU, where, you know, the MCU have a, 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 a kind of annoying track record of trivializing real-world issues. Though. And this balanced it reasonably well, uh, for, for what it was. Right. Yeah. So, a so few things for you before, before I get to overall rate, right? Um... But you know what shines too is just how vibrant this this show is though. And this this is why I keep bringing up the whole Disney Child thing, right? It, it's one of those shows that you know the the timing of it in terms of when it's released, it makes sense. You know what I mean? It's summer, and you know it's it's a short run, so yeah, I could just imagine tweens and you know young adults pretty much just binging this in like what about a three four hours? You know what I mean? Just having fun, just watching this, right? And yeah, it just maintains a, a fun vibe. It's not all fun and games though, but it's mostly fun and like light hard, right? And it totally works, right? But again, I know for some diehard MCU fans, I mean, that like this is like, well, no, we we want something darker, but that's not what we get here, right? And I actually appreciate right. that, right? Um, the direction I thought was great. The musical choices was great too, and I also really appreciated um, the musical score though from Laura um, Cartman. Um, that theme song alone for Miss Marvel is great. That da 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 yeah. da da da. It, it it sticks with you. It totally sticks with you. It totally works, right? Um, couple more things, right? There's a disclaimer on the final episode, right? Though, I at first I was like kind of wondering what 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 was it about though, but then when you see it, it's 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 what it hints at. Like it it basically right. it's it kind of relates to. Sorry, it does not relate to. An incident that took place in the states. All right, I'll see what it is. Sorry, right? It's the 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 shooting that took place at the high school in Texas. Um, right, you know, right, a few right. weeks ago, yeah, right? right? That's what it is, right? So smart call on Marvel Studios for putting the disclaimer though. Right. Um, but because of this of the show and how it is, right? Like while I was watching, I was like, all right, I could see some people being offended by it. Right? That's what they say. This the disclaimer. Some people may be offended, or yeah, uh, just paraphrasing it by, um, by by what they see there, right? But yes, I could imagine some people when they see it, they, they their minds may go back to what happened on that day. Um, and you know, it's, it's understandable, right? But outside of that, like if the disclaimer wasn't there, to be honest, I wouldn't have even connected the dots with that, right? But yeah, uh, smart call on them. I, I, I guess they just didn't want any blowback on them because, oh, we have to have a scene with, you know, this uh, where these um, police-type characters break inside of a school and they're right. firing shots, right? So, right. you know, we, 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 we want to save face here. So I applaud them for that, right? And last but not least, though, um, the, 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 the post-credit scene, or should I say end-credit scene, though, yeah, caught me by surprise. What I'll say is that I was waiting for the cameo. I was waiting for it. But when right. the cameo came, it was like, 
Oh, well, it, it, okay. it had, it had, I didn't think it was going to come like that. Oh, it okay. had, well, it had a second thing where they mentioned a quote-unquote mutation and we have certain team song player. Like, mm. Yes, I heard a yes, I heard a little thing. A little thing. I was like, ah, okay. Okay, okay, Marvel Studios. All right, all right. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> that was clever. But yeah, um, while I was not completely blown away by this, though, I, I had a lot of fun with this, man. And right. I, I do see myself watching this again in the, in the near future. You know, uh, that, that just because, you know, um, of the second season that hopefully will come soon enough. But just because of how enjoyable it, it was as a whole, man. So rating-wise, I'm going to give this a decent four to five, man. Um, just, just once again, just for, for diehard MCU fans, if you're expecting something dark because the MCU, you're not going to get that here. But don't let the lightheartedness of it fool you as well, too. It's it's enjoyable, it's fun, but it still is compelling and heartfelt, right. and you will you will enjoy for it this month. Yeah. So yeah, Ricardo, your your thoughts on Raven? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I dug it for it was um again surprisingly charming. It's it skews young, and uh, that is not a problem. Um, you know, I I didn't see it as a issue with it. Um, oh, we could have mentioned something which is the whole. All right, so. It's something I always complained about, and someone I swear is either on Twitter or TikTok or something like brought up the issue of the fact that yeah, they kind of all these shows have been filmed in a block, so like that's why all of them have the same problem, and so yeah, you have to kind of take that into account now, and that's why these they're not gonna fix this for a hot minute now. So that's why yeah, that's other it is what it is as it is. Um, but I I I thought they, they they did a decent job with but balancing the conceits of of her character, what it is to be a Pakistani American. They they address part um partition in India and that in that whole messy history with India and Sri Lanka and whatnot. I'm like, all right, what we getting some serious thing? Um, you know, the, the Muslim Americans in the United States and all their drama and what they had to go through. And then um, you know, the, the big well, the biggest controversy again, controversy in quotes amongst the nerds was the power set itself, right? This kind of weird crystal thing that they're trying to go for. Uh, it was yeah. digging it, but then but, well, sorry to cut you, but but to be fair, they kinda justified in the final episode. In the end, it, right. In the end, we yeah, get yeah. we get some big hands, we get them beginning, right? And so I, I didn't have a big problem with it. Like I get I understand why they had to make that decision, like given where they may be going. Yeah, it, it just would have looked goofy if it was the traditional powers, I guess. I don't think, I don't think so. I just think, I think they have to, like, they have to have a power set be a certain way for the movie that are coming up. That's uh, the Marvels. Um, that's right, why I, right, I, I right. suspect is that. Yeah, um, you're half right on that one because one of the things, there was a report that was out before this came out, um, like when the first trailer started. Right. We know that Mr. Fantastic and that kind of stuff is going to be coming on soon. And the, the thing is, is that in the comics, the way how she stretches her hands and everything like that, it's very Fantastic Four. So right. for the MCU, we needed to find a way, they, they needed to find a way to work there. They needed to find a way to differentiate from that. And that's how, because even on her, her traditional costume, she wears the bangle. But the bangle right. is not like prominent because of where she gets her original powers from. So in this case, they actually made it about the bangle instead of, you know, yeah. her stretching like Mr. Fantastic right. kind of like. But then they also justify the nature of the bangle. Like, okay, so time travel is kind of weird. It don't really work like how it is working Avengers, but whatever is magic bullshit. No one cares. Uh, but then they do something that we know in the comic, which is the whole switch places thing. Well, which it reveal at the ending. It's like, all right, because that character doesn't, she, it not, I thought it was transformation, but somebody said, no, it's really Captain Marvel. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, that way more interesting though. Like what happened? I, I, I think it is her too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I I I seen because in the in the comic she has the ability to, to transform. Um so I thought it was that at first. I'm like, all right. But then somebody is telling, No, 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 the person looked confused, it looked like actually Captain Marvel. All right, they're making it work. 
and that is like a nice leading to, to the Marvels because okay, so I really thought that this film would have connected to Thor because of the whole Jin stuff now, and that's not what happened. Like, all right, yeah, Thor and they brought up Thor like what two, three times, you know? Yeah, so but Thor, Thor came and went, and I was like, all right, cool. And but what they do with it in the, fin- the finale with her character that so just see just some characterization stuff and how they bend it to make it more fit. Uh, the whole it's what the her name looks like the symbol, but it's her name in 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 Urdu. I like that. Just little small touches, and then what it translates in what Kamala translates in, you know, for what why they call her that. that because that last conversation with the dad is great, like great. Yeah, I love stuff. that. Yeah, 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 yeah great yeah. character stuff, and it it just feels more streamlined. And they make changes, but it's good changes. I find like for me, I I, I don't I'm not a big super comic person. You know, I I like the the um. What's her name, boy? Uh, Deconic, Susan Deconic, uh, run. Uh, yeah, Sudi, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I like that run, but it's not that is not the run I'm like, I don't know that in full detail. So, I like, I was in, enjoying it for what it is, and they make it work, um, for what it is. It, it's good stuff. I'd imagine that if you're Desi and you're Indian or you're Pakistani, you would enjoy it. I, I've heard a couple of people say they didn't enjoy it, they found it wasn't accurate. Other people say, no, it was very accurate and it's perfect. You know, who's me to see? I'm an outsider. I just enjoy a good story, right? And good characters. And she is great, right? You know, she's a she's a star. She really, really feels like, you know, they really tap into the Peter Parker energy of being young and a teen and having to worry about all that bullshit. And they make it work um, for what it is. And yeah, um, I, I thoroughly loved it for what it is. And yeah, we get in beginning. We get a little bit of in beginning. So I couldn't be mad at any of that. Um, rated. Mm. Yeah, 8 out of 10. I thought it was solid. Solid series. I didn't, I didn't hate any of it. They, they hopefully will lead into the to the Marvels. I uh, really want to see where they where they going with that. Um, yeah, bring it on again. I I, I know the, the Marvel Marvel projects kind of floundering a little, little bit, not not the best right now, but still it's still I still enjoy it and paying attention to it. So that is the most important thing. So yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. So uh, Tracy, you know you you close things off. Um, yeah, I know you've been enjoying this from, from, from day one. So yeah, take it away, your thoughts and rating on this first season here. I, uh, I want to scream 10. I, I really just want to scream 10. Um, I will give it a nine out of 10 just for the sake of being, you know, bad mind. <laughs> I, listen, I legitimately, I legitimately loved this show. I, there was nothing of the Disney Plus shows, of the Marvel Disney Plus shows, that for me felt like they could have topped WandaVision. I loved Loki. You know how I feel about Loki. I love Loki. I really enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Some of the episodes of What If was good. Some of the episodes were... uh, But nothing topped WandaVision in terms of my rewatchability or how I felt or the energy. Then came Miss Marvel. And Miss Marvel showed up. And, you know, it gave me this kind of... I'm going to use the word it gave me a kind of a life. What Bisha, Bisha Ali, Bisha K. Ali um, did, she is the the, sh- the showrunner and basically the, 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 the head writer on Miss Marvel. Um, she crafted this world where if you are um, Pakistani or American Muslim, um, you would be able to see yourself, but it is so global that it doesn't really matter if you are like it matters to the community but even if you aren't you still get pulled into the story and you still get pulled into the family of miss marvel i have never wanted a family to know about a superhero's secret as much as i wanted you know 
uh, Muniba, which is her mother, to know right. what was really going on. Like I was really more, I was really interested and invested in patching up the relationship between Sana and, uh, which is the, the 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 grandmother, and Muniba, based on the stories that they would have been told about Aisha, which is the great grandmother. Right. It is. It is brilliant. And and I come back to what I had interrupted you guys earlier on. I like the idea that the main villain wasn't a main villain. No. Um, so for even the idea of Najma and the clandestines, who admittedly, I was one of those people who was like, I have no idea who the clandestines were, and went and did a little research and found out that the clandestines of themselves are a very super niche kind of characters from yeah. the 90s or thereabouts. Yeah, they're real deep cut here. They're real deep, deep cut. I mean, like, I heard someone put it this way. If you say you knew who the clandestines were, you're either lying or have been watching, you know, like, reading that particular stream. Yeah. So for me, it was heights. But understanding Najma's, um, she's like the head clandestine in this show, Najma's arc, um, I, maybe it could have been beefed up a little bit more, but I still understood in terms of the idea of why she wants to get out of here. There right. is something really interesting that happens with the show and, and, I, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll say this I know a lot of people are a um, jumping out of their skin because of the two second music riff that we heard at the end and what it means right. and it's one of those things that gripes me a little bit about Marvel properties in that you can't sit down and just watch a show and say I like this show like I love the Eternals so I will watch the Eternals it's always got to have something that what's next and so there are people who may not necessarily have been fans of the show or cared about the show or anything of the sort, but suddenly have jumped on because of where it will potentially lead us. But the the, the, the idea of how they were able to even bring that in and starting it with her being the first that we know of, because there's a theory that there's a whole bunch of those types of people. Uh, Matthew, are we allowed to say spoilers or not? Yeah, we can add spoilers. Okay, so this is a spoiler section now, kinda, so you've been warned. All right, go. There, there's a theory that mutants have been in the MCU all this time, but we just don't know it. So, for example, Scarlet Witch, we know oh Scarlet God. Witch right now. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. So you have all that kind of stuff. So now that you've retroactively come out and say, okay, there's something different about Kamala, and she may very well be a mutant, especially with that riff. It opens up the door now to see how the world will treat mutants. We've already seen how the world treats, as as Agent Diva says, the wrong people who get powers, which is right. deeply right, right. racist and also deeply human, uh, uh, a mutant registration act kind of vibe. Right, and yeah, that, that that's always been a double standard with respect to the Avengers versus the, the X-Men. Like, exactly. You yeah, know, that, like, what makes you so, you know, Untouchable. Um, I have my own personal theories about straight, white, and male, but that's another conversation for another time. That opens up a pretty big door to see where we can go next. And maybe coming out of Comic-Con next week or um, uh, Disney Disney D23 in August, there will be something a little bit more that will get everybody to realize, oh, okay, so Phase 4 actually had a plan. But right. in terms of even the real, the 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 on the ground relationships, the relationships with like 
uh, Kamala and Kareem. Kareem is the red, the new red dagger, the red dagger um, who was right, in right, Karachi. Right. Yeah. Um, or even like her relationship with Kamran, who starts off being like, you know, the greatest stud that has ever walked into senior high school. And right. by the end of it, you realize he's human after all. Yeah. There is a, a beautiful thing that happens at the end of, coming on towards the end of, of, of the episode of, of episode six, No New Normal, um, No Normal, sorry, where there's a conversation that they're having in the dome, the, the Nora Light dome that she creates. And he is saying that nobody will, there's no home for us. Nobody will accept us. And she's trying to persuade him differently. And I sat there and I looked at it and I said, that is the Charles and Eric logic that I think if you wanted to grapple onto that, you could use that moving forward. And then they went and did the mutation thing with Bruno. And that was, that was beautiful. I have no notes in terms of this series. I think it is, it is beautiful. I actually, I have a friend of mine whose father you know, is pretty much like Yusuf. He actually got me clothes for an Eid celebration, you know, to wear. That's the kind of person that he is. And so to see that kind of reflection there, and even in the music, like, uh, you know, so Bailey will know that I was screaming off my rockers when um, Disco Divani started playing when they walked into the restaurant in Karachi, because I know these songs. I grew up with that kind of stuff floating around my head. So it was global. It is global. I think it is a beautiful story. I do see where the Disney Channel-esque vibe come out of it. But for me, I can't right. link it on the Scott Pilgrim vibe. I encourage everyone to watch it. And as I close, I will say it's kind of hilarious that the two MCU properties that people have had deep issues with, maybe because it's a diverse cast or it's brown people or whatever, the Eternals and Miss Marvel, those are the two shows that specifically start seeding the things that fanboys want, i.e. mutation and genetic right. improvements and extension, the X-Men. Um, the music is great. I encourage everybody to go get the score. They're split up into two volumes and uh, nine out of 10 for me. I would give it a full 10, but then I always go back to wonder. However, I will say as of this moment, if I had to rank series, Miss Marvel is at the top. Wonder Vision wow. is two. And nice. Yeah, Wonder Vision is two. Okay. And then I don't know. I really couldn't tell you where the rest of them fly, but right now, right at this moment, it's Miss Marvel one, Wonder Vision two, and God help them with I don't know She Hulk and all the other random stuff that they're bringing for the rest of the year. I'm I'm good. Thanks. Oh yes, that's true. Because next month we are getting She Hulk come um, to right. the law. Um, can't, can't wait to see. At least I hope that they, they fix that VFX too. Because remember that trailer? Oof. Well, yeah. there, there's two highs happening there. One, we have the visual effects. There's a Marvel visual effects uh, visual yeah, that, artist. That's uh, a kind of great, great controversy right now. Yeah, you know, uh, that's a whole thing that's happening yeah. there. And I'm really hoping that maybe Disney Plus and if anybody in Disney Plus is so randomly hearing this, please fix how you, you know put things out because we had kenobi on a wednesday and we had miss marvel on a wednesday when you have the potential to have star wars things on a friday and marvel things on a wednesday you don't have to squish everything into one day you're disney plus people will still pay money and watch you so yeah all right so with all that being said uh tracy where could people find you online um, you can find me on Instagram as we are Tracy, and then on Facebook and uh, Twitter as Tracy G Hutchins. All right, Ricardo, where can people find you online? Uh, Passat, you could R M E D E E R, that is at R M E D on Twitter, and then you could type in my name in Facebook, and you'll find me there.
All right, in the description to this episode, you will see a link tree link. If you go on that, you will find my Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. On both the Facebook and YouTube links, you will find excerpts from this episode of BBB Radio, along with other episodes of Retrospect Reviews and BSB to Billy. So uh, stuff to look forward to. Uh, nope. Yeah, Nope is coming nope. out um, You know, next week that is recorded here. Oh, nice. I'm excited to see that. I want to go in as blind as possible. I did not watch the second trailer because I heard it spoil a lot. So I, I, I want Joan to blow my mind here again. Right. Keep my fingers crossed here. Um, we have Bullet Dream, which is coming out um, theatrically by the end of the month. Uh, well, you know, um, Tracy brought it up there earlier. Um, Comic-Con, right? Um, San Diego Comic-Con. So, yes. you know, hopefully you might get some dope trailers and some great, you know... Um, news updates and all that kind of stuff you know what i mean so you know if anything we can kind of count the, um look at you know what I mean, just stuff that took place um and as usual you know what i mean it's just a matter of what other dope stuff we get for the rest of the month and you know in august as well too so you know provided that we get the time we will check out as much as possible and we will just share our thoughts here in this podcast and yeah that's pretty much about it so once again guys good morning good afternoon good evening good night whenever this is this was match bailey and tracy hutchins thanks again for coming through anytime guys Ricardo Medina, of course, thanks again for coming through. No problem, no problem. And this has been another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care. Stay safe in the note. Peace. <laughs>